What's up ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. At thecreport.com you can get more information on The C Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecreport.com, that's www.thecreport.com, and be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Pilt.net. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. And welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to another edition of The Sea Report. We are coming to you live on, uh, what is today? Oh, today is the first day of December. Ladies and gentlemen, December 1st, 2022. It's a Thursday. And I hope you guys have been having a great week and a great day as well. And uh, did I say welcome? Welcome back to the show, guys. Welcome to C Report. Uh, I am your host, Mr. C, also known as Michael Aaron Cossidis. And it's uh, great to be here with you guys tonight. Uh, we've got a pretty good show ahead of uh, the lot of us this evening. Very much looking forward to it. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we will be having um, a discussion uh, um, some updates from uh, Garland Favorito of Voter GA uh, to discuss uh, some of the election uh, cases um, currently happening in the state of Georgia. Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, that's right. We still have active cases, uh, uh, regardless of how much uh, the uh, mainstream media, uh, which is uh, better known as the fake news media, the mockingbird media, the legacy press, uh, despite uh, all their attempts to suppress the information, which uh, they're, they're pretty good at suppressing information, right? Uh, they're, they're maybe not as good as suppressing votes as uh, 2022 has uh, shown America and the world, right, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, but yeah, so uh, we have uh, um, Garland Favorito coming on. He'll be uh, updating us on some of the cases uh, currently uh, in the courts in the state of Georgia. And uh, best of all, we also have some 2020 case updates and uh, that I'm very excited about as well, because uh, just because we've uh, crossed the benchmark of 2022 does not mean that we forget about the sins of 2020. In fact, you know how we stand to course correct this nation. I mean, think about it, uh, at least in my entire lifetime, I've always had uh, exiting presidential administrations uh, whom you could have either the left or the right or anybody uh, just uh, totally hammer on them and and bring valid points right uh, you know like whether it's uh, a, a, being a war criminal you know or or whether it's other types of uh, behaviors that uh, previous administrations clearly violated rights and broke the law but you know what what was what was the attitude of the people uh, 
well, you know, they're out of office now, so we can correct it. And that was because at the end of almost a decade of that single administration, uh, I think the people were just too jaded. You know, now, uh, now we're, uh, well, now let's just say that the climate is changing. Oh, climate change. What kind of climate change are you talking about, Mr. C? Uh, well, the people, uh, they're not forgetting. <laughs> the people are paying attention uh, and the people are becoming active. The people are activated, ladies and gentlemen. So a uh, big, big difference that. And uh, that's why it's also important uh, that we um, stay abreast on this type of information. So uh, we'll have a Garland on in just a bit to uh, talk about what's going on in the uh, courts in Georgia in, in regards to election integrity, exposing election fraud, and correcting any kind of criminality or lawlessness inflicted on our election process and against the people, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so very, very um, well, it'll be I'm looking forward to that, ladies and gentlemen. Before we get into that, though, of course, uh, we'll do some Trump truths. Uh, we'll do a little bit of statements, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and we're going to get right to that, actually, because uh, the good president actually did have uh, many things to say this uh, this this day, this afternoon, uh, whenever it is that he might have posted it, you know. Uh, but thanks again for all coming in, ladies and gentlemen. Just ahead of the show, you know, I do want to let you guys know, make sure that uh, you do support Voter GA, Voter ga.org uh, and you can get more information there and I'll I'll throw out the address again um, during the uh, interview and then afterwards as well uh, or at the uh, conclusion of it uh, and uh, that way you guys can uh, you know a uh, bookmark that website you know and also uh, follow them on their social medias and uh, on their uh, their video platforms like uh, rumble they're on rumble I think well actually no I know they're on rumble I'm subscribed hello uh, I don't know about YouTube though you know maybe I'll ask Garland about that. But uh, we have more pressing matters to get to in that regard, right? Especially when we're talking about uh, these cases that are going before the court. So we're going to have quite uh, an election discussion here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, um, I will not have um, Arizona store back today, even though we still have the flag flying. I can tell you for a fact, though, um, I believe the in the case of the was it the Mojave County? No, 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 no. It was Cochise County. I apologize. Cochise County, you know, the power of the county commissioner. Mm -hmm. And uh, just like they did in Otero County, New Mexico, where the Otero County Commissioner's Court um, delayed or decided not to certify their election uh, for the primaries of this year. Well, you saw the force of the state come down around those commissioners. It appears the same has happened in Arizona. I don't have the text or the articles here to share with you guys, but I can share with you. Uh, I believe that a, George, a judge did order the Cochise County um, commissioners or the Board of Supervisors, same difference, uh, to certify that election. So uh, we'll have uh, more developing on that probably in tomorrow's episode. But, uh, you know, the flag of Arizona is still flying behind us because we're trying to draw attention uh, to probably one of the, well, you know, this would be Arizona 2022 is the case, ladies and gentlemen, I think that, uh, approves the strongest point about um, the fraud, the improprieties, or if you want to go along, uh, you know, someone like um, Secretary of Snakes for Georgia, Brad Raffensperger, uh, it's, it's, all, uh, it's all an urban legend. There's no such thing as election fraud. And if there was, it's not fraud. It's just mismanagement. 
severe mismanagement, right, ladies and gentlemen? Anyhow, guys. All right, let's start to get into it, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, I don't want to keep our guest waiting for too long. Uh, and let's get into some uh, statements from President Trump, because it is important that we hear the words, we read the words, we know the words of our president, regardless of who it is, right, ladies and gentlemen? Absolutely, okay? Yeah, we play on Team America here, ladies and gentlemen, at Mr. CTV. We play on Team America. Okay, what does the good president have for us today? All right. Oh, this is a fun one to start off with, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, we just uh, went through this Carl Rove statement yesterday. Well, it appears that President Trump is doubling back. Let's see here. I'm not even gonna. Um, I'm not even going to reread yesterday's statement. I'm pretty sure uh, we all remember the points. He's a loser. He's a rhino. Um, why is Fox working with him? He's always on Fox, right? He's a Paul Ryan uh, wannabe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Big difference there, right? Rhino. Oh well. Starting off with that rhino, Republican in name only. Rhino Carl Rove is a Fox News loser a pompous fool with bad political instincts. In other words, he loses a lot. Only good at taking people's money and wasting it. I was 12 and 0 against him in a Senate endorsements. Not something I'm proud of, but something people, especially candidates, should know. Now, that's actually pretty detrimental to the game that Karl Rove plays, you know, as a political operative, uh, staunch uh, rhino. Um, it, it's interesting, a statement like that, that he has bad political instincts. I mean, you know, it, it, does it count when your instincts are driven by orders, edicts, commands, uh, or even one's own self-greed? You know, so um, interesting. I'm just, you know, peering a little bit deeper into that statement. But uh, this is detrimental for someone like Rove because what he's he's a political operative that, you know, uh, he he works for campaigns. He he expresses his opinions. He's been in the system forever. Uh, but people go to him to win elections. People go to him for, you know, various uh, types of uh, political activities and uh, base. So, uh, yeah, you know, uh, President Trump might actually be uh, pulling away his customers from him, right? You know, well, you know what they say about bad reviews, don't, don't you? <laughs> and uh, next statement from President Trump. Also, 12 and 0 in Senate endorsements against the broken old crow, Mitch McConnell, who has, by the way, a 6% approval rating. Not exactly great news for the Republican Party. Kind of makes you wonder if President Trump isn't, uh, you know, uh, trying to make them feel the backlash of their own actions or maybe to realize the error of their own judgment. Of course, I don't know if I would qualify as judgment because I think these people know exactly what they're doing judgment uh judgment proofed or not ladies and gentlemen um it's just uh they're being defeated i think at least as a perspective i would take on that okay let's see what we have here now uh next statement from president trump coming up and it goes this way the manhattan da's office has not tried a murder case since 2015 despite the fact that violent crime in New York City is at an all-time high. Uh, 
That's six years ago, and yet, after years of investigation, millions of dollars spent, and the costly and laborious inspection of almost 10 million pages of documents, we are in the second week of a fringe benefits case over an executive's use of a company car, a company apartment, and his grandchildren's education. No such case has ever been tried before. Sad. Yeah, it was all of that uh, information, of course, which was omitted from, uh, you know, the legacy press, from the Mockingbird News, from the fake news media, uh, regard because they painted it, of course, as uh, he had received a car and he'd been given an apartment and uh, his children were uh, bought and paid for and trafficked. Right. Well, OK, that last part was a little bit uh, a little bit of an embellishment on my part, but you get the point, right? Um Nowhere was it mentioned it was a company car or it was a company apartment, you know, and, and nowhere in, um, in business history, you know, standards and practices uh, has anyone been tried, just like President Trump said in this statement. So, you know, really, really making them look foolish, you know, really making them look foolish. But in, in, in the uh, current corrupt judicial climate that uh, I think people in this nation are rapidly waking up to. Um, there's no telling where this could go, particularly in the case of President Trump. I mean, he's had his wins, rightly so, uh, but they keep on trying to stack losses against him. They keep losing, nothing sticking to uh, President Trump, no matter how hard they try, you know, no matter how hard they try. All right, so let's get on to our next Trump statement. And I think, uh, let me think. We might have one more. Oh, we actually have two more after this, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, this one says this. Let's see here. It says, um, <clears throat> mothers and families of victims of violent crime, which is breaking which is breaking um, all records in New York City, are furious that the criminals who killed their loved ones aren't being given a trial in many years, while millions of dollars and years of work has been spent on a ridiculous fringe benefits case, the likes of which has never been prosecuted before in our country's history. Oh, sorry, in our, well, it says in our county's history. It is a continuation of the greatest witch hunt of all time. The DA's office should focus on murders and violent crime, not bullshit. Those were President Trump's words, not mine's, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, another good statement and another statement of truth and common sense, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, a good statement of perspective and context. All right. The next statement coming from President Trump we have. Despite producing tens of thousands of jobs and such important and lasting structures in New York City, it is said that I will never be able to get a fair trial there. Well, we will soon see, because this case against two companies is a disgrace that should never have been brought and has been totally disproven. Even prosecutors quit the DA's office because they thought it was so unfair. Such a case has never even been brought before. Justice in America. Well, I think I like that last phrase there. Justice in America. It's coming, ladies and gentlemen. It's coming.
And uh, again, guys, another way to highlight the corrupt judicial system in this nation as uh, many of our people are becoming uh, very aware of it, you know, and especially uh, post 2020, uh, we see it uh, more and more. Or maybe it's just that we have the eyes and the ears to hear and see it now. All right, our last statement from President Trump, and then we're going to get uh, Garland Favorito, voter GA on in with us. And uh, the statement goes like this. The story in AP, written by the untalented and very unreliable Jill Colvin, who I unfortunately got to know at the White House, is fake news. We have very strong security, especially with the extremely talented Secret Service agents on premises. But when I know someone, as I did ye, we're not going to have my guest strip searched, thrown against a wall, and otherwise physically beaten. The anonymous source does not exist. Oh, the anonymous sources don't exist. Stories to the contrary are fake news. Well, you know what? It's it's kind of like the planets are aligning. Uh, we got uh, President Trump truthing about fake news today. We got President Trump truthing about corrupt judicial systems. And, you know, I think that's just about the topics we'll be cracking into tonight with uh, Garland Favorito, voter GA, as we discuss some of the court cases uh, that the um, grassroots uh, election integrity organization uh, is working on in the state of Georgia. Uh, so with that said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I think uh, we'll go ahead and bring our guest Garland Favorito on for this evening. If you'll give me just a minute to bring him over. All right. And there we go. Good evening, Garland Favorito. How are you doing tonight, sir? Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I'm not hearing... Uh, No worries, sir. <laughs> we'll get you along in just a sec. Mm, I don't, I'm not hearing, uh, no. Let me let me check with my audience then to make sure it's not like my, uh, coming on my side of the computer real quick. And uh, they'll give me a, they'll give me a five by five if uh, you're all clear and that means I'm gonna need to adjust something on my end. But uh, I do show that your uh, mic is good here. Okay. Wow, I don't even know that I'm actually live at Foxhole. Let's see here. Okay. Oh, there we go. There we go. And let's see here. Okay, so I'm um, not getting a message just yet. Okay, Mike, oh. how about that? Is that better? Yes, sir. I could hear you loud and clearly. Welcome, welcome, Garland Favorito. How are you doing tonight? All right. Sorry about that. The problem was on my end. No worries. Eh? That th These technical things happen, and that's why we love the live experience, don't we? <laughs> yes, indeed. Excellent. Well, um, well, Garland, I can't thank you enough for joining us here again tonight on the Sea Report and uh, to update us on what's happening in your state, the state of Georgia, in regard to elections. Um, I was just going over some of Trump's truths and remarking, uh, you know, he was truthing about, um, you know, the corrupt judicial systems. He was truthing about, you know, fake news media. And it seems like that's a lot of, you know, what we're dealing with in regards to all of the holdup on election integrity measures and and exposing the fraud and the corruption that's happening in our elections. 
and and we're seeing how it bleeds over into the courts. Uh, did you have any thoughts just off the top of your head about that? Well, we certainly have had our issues with the courts um, um, and really not so much with the courts, but with judges in general who were cowardly. But mm -hmm. um, the good news is we're about to get, uh, we think, uh, our uh, Fulton County counterfeit ballot case overturned uh, and sent back uh, from the Georgia Supreme Court to the Judge Amaro mm -hmm. because they recently sent back a similar case uh, to him uh, on regarding standing. I can tell you all about that. Mm -hmm. um, do you want me to uh, start with that one? Uh, are you yeah. speaking about the case? Um, it was a case of, I think I have it in my notes here regarding, uh, was it the Sons of Liberty or? Uh, yeah, so it was Sons of Confederate Veterans. Ah, okay. and, thank you, sir. Yeah, and so the story, the individuals and the organization called Sons of Confederate Veterans uh, sued uh, county governments uh, in Henry and Newton counties here in Georgia mm -hmm. because they were planning to remove uh, Confederate statutes in the, in the violation of Georgia law, which protects all statutes, whether or not you mm -hmm. like them or not. Mm -hmm. That's just the law. So um, basically, the counties were trying to circumvent Georgia law and the... Um, individuals and sons of Confederate veterans sued to uh, prevent the illegal removal of the monuments. Mm -hmm. And Judge Amaro at this time uh, basically said the same thing to them that he said does. He says, you don't have standing to sue. Mm -hmm. Well, the Georgia Supreme Court turned around and said, oh, yes, you do. Mm -hmm. We have always had standing any citizen to sue a government official who violates Georgia law. Mm -hmm. That has been in place since the history of Georgia, since the inception of Georgia as a state. And uh, Judge Amaro uh, basically violated that and got called out by the Georgia Supreme Court. Wow. So, uh, so we're very encouraged, but in, in that decision, the Georgia Supreme Court said that citizens, residents, and taxpayers are community stakeholders, and they all have standing to sue, uh, just as they have always had standing to sue a government agency or officials who violate law. But then they went a step further. That really surprised us. And they said they extend that to voters. Oh, wow. That, because they said that voters are also community stakeholders mm -hmm. who uh, have the same rights as citizens, residents, and taxpayers. Mm -hmm. Well, we in the Fulton County case were all of the above. We were citizens, we were residents, we are taxpayers, and we're voters. So mm -hmm. we met each and every requirement of the Georgia Supreme Court, uh, which they said only one of them had to be met, but we met all four of them. Awesome. So we believe the Georgia Supreme Court is now going to be forced to return our case to Judge Amaro, the same judge who made the Sons of Confederate Veterans ruling. Mm -hmm. And we think that we'll finally get uh, a day in court that, well, of course, we had a few days in court, mm -hmm. but at least a day to inspect the ballots, um, mm -hmm. which we have tried to do for 10 months in his court while he dragged it out. Mm. looking for some way out of that case. And uh, Omero, I mean, Omero was, he was an uh, Obama appointed judge, right? Or are you aware of that? I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, in the end, that really doesn't 
matter, well, but you know, some people do keep track. <laughs> yeah. So he's a state, he's a state court judge. Oh, right? I see. I see. Okay. So he's not, he's not a federal judge. So he, and he is elected mm-hmm. uh, and he just recently was reelected. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you believe the voting <laughs> machines. And um, so that's kind of uh, the state of affairs. So we're, we're, we're pretty happy uh, about that case. We think it's going to uh, turn in our favor. Mm-hmm. And we're anxious to get, you know, some witnesses on the stand that uh, and expose the a lot of the lies that were told by the defense attorneys uh, uh, who are criminal defense attorneys <laughs> who were hired explicitly by Fulton County to prevent us from looking at the ballots. So I think that tells you a whole lot right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully we're going to get to look at these ballots uh, before long and um uh, you know, it, it, we were Judge Amaro strung us out for 10 months and we he gave us all indications that he was going to do the right thing. Um, and then he just I think he just lost his political courage, mm-hmm. just like he did in the Sons of Confederate Ga- Veterans case. They're both um, cases that are not politically correct. Mm-hmm. And you have to do the right thing, even in if it's politically incorrect. Uh, that's not, you know, we're here for judicial decisions, not for political decisions. Right. We're, we're not uh, social justice warriors. And oh, boy, when those uh, those uh, judge seats are filled with activist judge, that is a that's a scary thing. Not not that I'm saying that Judge Amaro is an activist judge, but, you know, I've, we have some in Texas I know of. So uh, uh, that's oh, very yeah. scary. Mm-hmm. I know one right down there, Judge uh, Hoyt from Houston. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, he just absolutely bizarre uh, what he did to, with uh, Catherine Engelbrecht mm. and Greg Phillips. That, um, you know. Uh, this, I mean, basically exposing an FBI informant in court, then trying to force them to expose another FBI informant, then putting them in jail. First time in history someone has been placed in jail in a civil trial for not revealing sources mm-hmm. to the judge. And these were sources that even the the uh, plaintiffs did not ask uh, for this. This was all done by Judge Kenneth Hoyt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that uh, hopefully in next year when Congress takes takes effect, uh, I think that he should be on the top of the list for impeachment. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you, you know, and it's funny because um, when it comes to judges and when it comes to, uh, well, you know, in those elected, even district attorneys, you know, uh, a lot of the citizens don't realize that they do have the power to engage and impeach those people. I mean, the like, like in the state of Texas, for example, we have all of that, you know, provided for us, mm-hmm. uh, aside from, you know, what we have in the pre- provisions of the Constitution for both the, you know, the United States and for the state of Texas. But uh, um, I guess that gets lost on us sometimes, you know, or, or maybe it's because uh, the, um, well, you know, whenever I think about a judge making really, really adverse decisions that fly against reason, common sense and logic, I think there's something deeper going on there, you know, um, but I try not to speculate too much on that, even though sometimes I just like to. Uh, but I, I guess, you know, just because it, it seems like some, so much more deeper than that, like maybe the citizens don't feel like they uh, that they have the power or they have the ability to stand up against corrupt, you know, attorneys, district attorneys or judges. Um, or maybe it's just too broad of a stroke. Uh, but, you know, moving forward, you know, when I hear things like um, uh, what you were uh, sharing with us about the Supreme Court in regards to uh, um, overturning or I should say, um, 
yeah, overturning that lack of standing ruling that does that does provide some amount of uh, of hope and restores us some faith. You know, there are still some good attorneys out there, you know, <laughs> that are still fighting for America and uh, who are still fighting uh, to restore this republic and you know, uh, strengthen the security or re-strengthen the security, fortify our elections. Um, one one quick question on uh, that uh, particular case with Judge Amaro and voter GA. Now that was the case regarding the ballots, right? Um, and uh, getting access to them, wasn't it? That's exactly right. Okay. And um, so I had wondered about that because I remember, I think it was in October when y'all um, had the, y'all released the press release regarding that, um, that uh, that uh, ruling, um, I was wondering then in regards to the Amero cases. So is that something? And I'm not too familiar with litigation, and also maybe to um, help our audience out to understand. So is that something that would automatically be reverted back to the courts for Georgia to um, um, consider, or is that something that y'all have in appeals already? Well, uh, yeah. Now the appeal that that particular case was appealed to the mm -hmm. Court of Appeals first. The Court of Appeals. Uh, and we set we we gave all these precedents that the judge had violated uh, all the precedents in the history of the state of Georgia, uh, and not only that, he violated all the precedents in the United States Supreme Court history, which back, dating back for 100 years ago, when U.S. v. Mosley said that your right to have your vote count is equally as open to protection as your right to put a ballot in the ballot box. Mm -hmm. And then in 1964, about 50 years ago, um, they, uh, Reynolds v. Sims, the Supreme Court ruled that your right uh, to have your vote count cannot be diluted by ballot box stuffing. And that's exactly what uh, that, that's exactly what our case was. So we had appealed that to the Georgia Court of Appeals, and the Court of Appeals uh, just upheld the lower court ruling and never ruled on any of the case precedents. We had a dozen case precedents to prove that the judge was wrong. They just completely ignored it, uh, upheld the ruling, and then the judge who we believe wrote the ruling uh, was immediately uh, uh, appointed to the Georgia Supreme Court by Br Governor Brian Kemp. Oh, wow. <laughs> Goodness, there's some base, there's some some inside baseball going on there, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, wowzers, that's uh, that is that is stunning, and it seems almost on par for kind of what we see happening in some of these cases and some of these courts. Okay, so uh, hopefully then, I mean, we'll see that go back and it reconsidered, and and it should. They always use this lack of standing, this this technicality or this excuse of. Uh, I mean, it is it's just an excuse, really, is what it is. And when you're talking about it being a technicality and the likes. Um, but, you know, we've seen them use that over and over and over again uh, in yeah. every state, just about, it seems, uh, that they'll find a way to uh, extend um, that waiting period, that passage of time uh, that they utilize to their ends, really, to their ends. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. Well, so that, yeah, the one other thing that's important there is that that is about the only thing a judge can do to prevent any evidence from being introduced in the case. Mm -hmm. And that's what they really want to do is they don't want the evidence of fraud, errors, and irregularities to be put into a court of law. Mm. Good, good perspective on that, Garland. Mm -hmm. Um that's yeah that's basically that's why they don't want us going to courts they don't want us getting that information there so this way 
the fake news media can keep on saying there was no evidence of election fraud and uh, they can continue uh, on with their uh, charade and pantomime. So, well, that was one of the cases in 2020, and I'm sure we'll get an update if uh, that goes forward. Um, and now we had another one uh, that we were uh, talking about in 2020. And uh, let me see here. I'll let you, let me see where were we at in that regard. I had it here in my notes. Okay, so we're talking about the, um, uh, in regards to the ballots again. Okay, so we had, um, what was it? I think 1.7 million plus uh, electronic ballot images um, that were yeah, erased. that's correct. Uh, original, the original ballot images from the 2020 election, and that was what we announced our new suit. Mm -hmm. We announced that um, at our last press conference that we were suing counties, who some of the counties, at least the most egregious ones, who destroyed their original ballot images, virtually all of them, mm -hmm. and. Um, we uh, were um, basically trying to preserve the ballots as well from the 2020 election to preserve the ballots because we don't have the ballot images. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And actually, if you don't mind, uh, Garland Fabrito, I have the, um, I think this is the document. I have a really bad habit of reading documents to my audience. So I'll try not to go through this whole thing, but just so they can see it real quick. And uh, so, um, and if I'm, if I make any uh, mistakes on any of this information, please feel free to uh, correct me, Mr. Favorito. Uh, but this was, um, this one says here, it was in the Superior Court of Coweta County. So that was one of the counties where we had the ballots destroyed. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's right. Along mm -hmm. with Cobb and Forsyth. Mm -hmm. And the way that works is if you sue multiple counties for the same thing, you can pick one county and sue in that county. Gotcha. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, so, uh, so my audience can see now, this is the original um, uh, litigation piece, the document here. Um, and uh, it mentions a uh, Forsyth, Cobb and Coeta as uh, Mr. Favorito had pointed out. And uh, let's see here. It's, yeah. it's really interesting. The information here, like that y'all point out. And I, I do like to share this with uh, the audience, you know, like um, the petitioner avers that state law requires election records be retained for 24 months after an election. Now that's, uh, that's a fact of, of life that we've known for, I mean, I'm sure that was in place long before I was born, uh, Mr. Favorito, but this is also something that people didn't really pay attention to until this year, 2022. Uh, it's very interesting. Um, we also have here what the petitioner averaged that Coweta uh, County Elections Division was unable to produce the original ballot images from the November 2020 election, same as with Cobb and Forsyth. Uh, but pulling away from this real quick, um, it was... Uh, I believe it. How many how many counties was it that you guys had petitioned to get that information, that data from? Uh, we petitioned all counties and 70 of the counties did not provide that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the total of one point seven million. Just these three counties represent almost seven hundred thousand of that one point seven uh, one million seven hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. So a um, lot of a lot of uh, missing uh, images here. And, uh, you know, we hope to add more more counties and mm -hmm. preserve more ballots um, as we go forward. Now, would you mind sharing with us um, what that process was like uh, with this first hearing on that as, as far as like when y'all how y'all discovered that the uh, ballot images, the original ones were missing and then what happened thereafter and into the court? Sure. So what what happened was we. Um, 
we had filed a um, open records request in all 159 counties for the ballot images after they became public record mm -hmm. with our Senate Bill 202 that passed in 2021. Um, one of it, it, uh, one of the good things about that bill was it had it made ballot images public record. So at that time we could go ahead and get the ballot images. So we we submitted that to all 159 counties. We had 70 counties uh, of those 70, 54 of them, if I'm not mistaken, uh, admitted that they had, didn't have the original ballot images, which were required to tabulate mm -hmm. the results. So that means they had to have been destroyed. Mm -hmm. And uh, the about 16 of those or somewhere around that uh, just failed to answer the open records request. So we're still uh, trying to figure out um, how to deal with them. Mm -hmm. Wowzers. So, um, well, the last time we spoke, it was about this case, I believe, wasn't it? And uh, y'all guys had, y'all, you, um, the voter GA had gone into courts, y'all had a hearing on it. Um, and then uh, I believe the uh, defendants, they tried to dismiss the case, didn't they? Yeah. Um, uh, so which, I'm sorry, which case was this one? Oh, I apologize. They, dis they dismissed just about all. Uh, yeah, the ones, the one regarding the original ballots um, being destroyed um, after the yeah. hearing that y'all went into. Um, oh, no, that one, uh, we haven't had a hearing on that one. Now, we did have a, we did issue a demand letter mm -hmm. to the state election board getting them to change their rule to conform with federal and state law. They did not respond for four months. And when they did, they just basically said, hey, uh, you know, maybe we'll get around to this one day. Uh, mm -hmm. So we haven't done anything yet. But that, this this case for the ballot image destruction has never actually had a hearing yet. Oh, I see. I see. I see. I must have been uh, getting my litigation documents confused here. Well, we've got six active cases, so that's pretty easy to do. Yeah, I think I'm looking at the Phil Chen case, actually. That one is the one that we talked about last time. Uh, that's right. And now yes, that's, that's an interesting case as well, because that that was, they did attempt to dismiss that. Mm -hmm. The judge denied that. And we're going back to court on Monday on that one. It's going to be very interesting. We're going to get to uh, call uh, the person who's responsible for technical um uh, technical tabulation for the Dominion system. So he, we believe he's going to testify and it's going to be very interesting. Wowzers. That's going to be one to watch, sir. So that's going to be on uh, Monday, December 5th, correct? Yes, it is. Um, I don't know if we'll have that. I don't know if it'll be live, but we'll get that up. For sure. Um, for sure. Quickly. Yeah, if we uh, if if the if y'all do provide a live link or if there's one, we'll we'll probably try and live stream it as well. If not, we'll do a replay here, or you know something like that uh, if we can get or mm -hmm. or send them your way, Mister uh, Favorito. Um, so okay, so uh, yeah, very interesting case that one. Um, now as far as going back to the um, original ballot destruction cases, um, do we have any? idea why it is that they destroyed those ballots i mean were they unaware of the law were they being directed to because in some states like in michigan or colorado we're seeing that they're being directed to destroy the information well yeah what they did they didn't destroy the ballots they destroyed the ballot images 
images. And they and, and so they got approval on some cases from the Secretary of State's office mm -hmm. to go ahead and destroy uh, them. And the way they destroyed them was by overwriting the memory cards and reusing them, mm -hmm. uh, the same memory cards again, which is kind of bizarre. You know, you spent $100 million for a voting system and you can't afford a $10 memory card. Uh, that's pretty suspicious to me. Mm-hmm. That is extremely suspicious. I mean, it's just like the people are they are supposed to know and be aware. That's not an excuse. Like you didn't know the rules of your own job. Like if you're in that position, you should be fully aware of the law and uh, and follow that letter of the law. It's a shame that we see that happening. Um, what do you think? Well, what kind of relief are you hoping that this will provide if uh, they uh, rule or decide in the favor of voter G and the people? Well, main thing we're looking for is to preserve the ballots, unseal the ballots so that we can check the election results, because that's the only recourse now that the ballot images have been destroyed. And the reason why um, the people of Georgia have not been able to get their hands on those ballots, like the, at well, the actual real ones. Yeah. So George, Georgia's uh, ballots are sealed once the election is certified and you have to have a court order to get to them. Uh, we are actively trying to get that changed mm -hmm. so that, um, and we almost got it changed in the last session. Uh, we were very, very close to making the ballots public record. We had unanimous support in the House. A bill was passed. We had unanimous support. Uh, I'll say unanimous. I'm talking about Republican majority. Mm -hmm. And then we had unanimous support from the Republican majority in the Senate. And just before the bill was passed, it was being carried by the the leader, the president of the Senate. And just before it was passed, the lieutenant governor blocked the bill uh, from uh, from being uh, passed. And we believe he did that at the instructions of the, of the governor. Wow. Man, this is insane. This is insane. Uh, you know, the election machines, I'm telling you, <laughs> the selections is, is what that is. Um, that is my humble opinion, of course. And let's see here. So, um, what do you think the recourse would be if they don't? I mean, what are the people of Georgia to do? Um, well, I don't have any reason to think at this time that they wouldn't mm -hmm. uh, do that. I think that they're going to have to. Uh, now, I, you could you could accuse me of being overly optimistic. Um, I thought Amaro was going to come through and do the right thing. He didn't, but eventually he's going to have to if the case gets back, kicked back. But um, I, I, I feel, I feel good about, I feel good about all of our cases. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, you know, we, they're all six still active mm -hmm. and, uh, we're going to have a very interesting court date on Monday. So I think that's going to, uh, tell us a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's going to be very exciting. And, you know, I, I absolutely do not fault you for being optimistic, Mr. Favorito. I think many of us uh, could use a little bit of that silver lining, uh, you know, every day in our lives, especially with the, the news that we get all the time. Plus, you know, the power of positive thinking, it's been said, you know, can move mountains. So, uh, it, I mean, we, we need that. We need the positive thinkers uh, to stay active and engaged. Uh, so I can't thank you enough for that, uh, Mr. Favorito, and, and all of your efforts. Um, it keeps me going anyways. <laughs> anyhow, anyhow. So, okay, excellent. So um, I think as far as that goes, we're good on that end. Is there anything else about the hearing on Monday that uh, you'd like to share in regards to uh, 
what we need to know about it? Well, it's going to be very interesting. Um, I was qualified as an expert witness. My co-plaintiff was qualified as an expert witness on data. We're going to have more new evidence uh, of data that um, shows that there were the margin of victory mm-hmm. was um, less than the number of votes in doubt, which means that the, the judge is going to have to do something, mm-hmm. uh, either it, it order a new election or unseal the ballots and count them. And uh, so that there could be no dispute about what the results are. So um, that's going to be great on Monday. Also, we might be having a press conference tomorrow, um, uh, not a press conference, but a press release. Mm-hmm. And we're going to release some more of the anomalies of the 2022 election here in Georgia. We had uh, got screenshots now from Georgia Public Broadcasting proving that Herschel Walker uh, lost 20,000 votes at 10 o'clock on election night. Uh, And we have mentioned this before, but now we actually have the screenshots on top of that. So we'll probably release that along with our sworn affidavits. Um, And we've already published the election line feed before uh, back on uh, Lindell TV uh, on election night when we first uncovered that. Mm -hmm. But since that time, we've got more, more data now. So Mm-hmm. Um, we hope to uh, probably do something about that tomorrow. Isn't it funny how uh, the most common sense things don't break through? Like you can never have a vote decrease in an election. Like it just doesn't make sense to have a decrease in numbers. Right, right. And now there is a case if a county backed out some results, there is a case where there could be a decrease of both candidates, but you would never see a decrease of one candidate and while the other candidates increasing. So mm-hmm. that's just not, uh, doesn't really make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. And um, let me think, well, in regards to that particular one with the drop, was that one also having to deal with the, um, I think I think it was during your latest press conference where y'all talked about um, the poll books having um, this weird effect yes. where numbers jump yes. and stuff like that? We are finding uh, poll books in many counties that are in, have hundreds mm-hmm. more poll, more um, votes on them. Uh, you know, So in other words, voters who voted versus the ballots that are cast. And we haven't been able to explain that one yet, but we've seen that. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? You know, because th- that's being seen across the states. You know, when we're talking about these vote decreases and documentation of it, I mean, we have amazing statisticians, statisticians working out there that are put uh, crunching all those numbers, getting that data together. One case that I'm reminded of is from the recent Otero County, New Mexico um, hearing on their audit for 2020. And they had data from Secretary of State's office, Mary T- uh, Maggie Toulouse Oliver, uh, working alongside with political operatives. And I mean, that's a side issue. I don't know how she's still in office at this point and, you know, uh, stuff like that. But because uh, they had the data, they had the um, they had the documents, they had the uh, emails and stuff like that, the communications. But you would see that, you know, the numbers just drop and stuff like that. But uh, interesting enough, bringing it back into 2022's realm, you know, what you were saying in regards to, uh, you know, like the uh, poll workers um, witnessing this, uh, we saw that here in Texas as well. You know, in Dallas County, we had a uh, an election administrator up there said that they were expecting the uh, machine to jump. It, it jumped. It jumped from like 500 at the close of polls to uh, it was an addition of 1,200 votes. So 1,700 by the end of the night, it jumped that high. 
And uh, the election assist, the um, election administrator in that county said, well, we were expecting that to happen. And it flies in the face of logic and it the, totally uh, strips the uh, election workers and volunteers and the precinct judges of their integrity because they uh, they ID'd and they had each voter sign and they had that all documented. And yet they expect us to believe that they were expecting 1,200 phantom votes, 1,200 phantom voters just to show up out of nowhere. So they certified that election as well, uh, Mr. Favorito, which is just terrible. But um. That was uh, that was something dramatic. And so I actually wanted to share this uh, because I recall in that press conference um, a remark that uh, y'all were not able to actually record that data because it's against the law to record, uh, I guess, it's a video copy or to photograph any type of election stuff. Um, that very same incident, like I said, it was recorded in uh, Dallas County, Texas. So I'm not going to put the volume on, but just so you guys can see uh, the audience as well as mm -hmm. Mr. Favorito, if you'd like, what that looks like, or at least what they witnessed. Uh, I'll go ahead and get that on the screen real quick for you guys, because, again, these are the anomalies that we're seeing across the board in many states, in many precincts, counties, cities, towns, um, and they're being kept separate from each other, suppressed. Uh, but this is also the stuff that the people of America need to see um, and the information that needs to be accessible and shared. So this way, uh, we, we all get on common ground in that. But uh, real quick, uh, this video, I'll play it. It's, uh, it's a few minutes long, but if you don't mind, we'll get that going. Um, let me see if they're saying something. So they were they were recording the machines here. I don't know if that's against Texas law for that. So what you see now it's at a thousand eight ninety two, and the election workers are just standing there looking at this, like what is going on? Anyhow, the video goes on like that for a few more minutes, but the election workers are going back and forth between each other, just asking, how is this happening? And the uh, numbers are changing on the screen up here. So uh, interesting that, sir. And uh, I mean, it happened in many states, you know, it happened in many states. Uh, so. Um, yeah, and which uh, and that indicates that the poll books are uh, hooked up to the Internet. And another factor comes to the light, right? That's what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Because how how do they uh, how do they manipulate it if it's not being remotely accessed, right? Uh, exactly, that's mm -hmm. what I would certainly suspect. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, I guess I guess the Election Assistance Commission can go over to their unaccredited voting system testing laboratories and ask them if latency is an issue with these machines. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Mr. Favorito, so uh, we we definitely have a lot on our plate, but it's I in my opinion it is definitely something that we can overcome if we uh, stick to it and we work hard and uh, we don't stay quiet about it. Um, 2020 to a lot of people seems to have come and gone. I know to a select a group of people, they wish it would never come back up again, you know, but all of the anomalies that we witnessed and have documented since then, you know, um, those are, you know, seem like they're almost vanishing, you know, with new elections. Um, what kind of anomalies 
from 2022 do you think are the biggest smoking guns? Because there's a lot in Georgia. Well, the biggest one uh, is probably a case that we'll hope to try to get into as some evidence next week. Mm -hmm. And that is the case where in the exact same situation where a candidate uh, withdrew mm -hmm. uh, from the race before the ballots were ever printed, uh, the candidate, um, uh, another candidate, it just there was just a massive uh, alignment uh, problems with the ballot definition, mm -hmm. and uh, one candidate got zero votes in the precinct where she and her husband lived. She complained to DeKalb County election officials. They audited the race, hand, full hand count, and found that she was shorted 3,000 votes. Her opponent, uh, one of her opponents, got eight, 1,400 votes, uh, even though they were unearned. And then the machine failed to count 1,800 votes in a situation that's very similar to the Williamson County, Tennessee era. So uh, that to me is one of the most compelling things that happened in the May 2022. That's it just absolutely irrefutable because the county election board did the right thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken, I think Williamson County, Tennessee is the county that they stopped using Dominion voting machines. Um, and it was probably because yes. of that case. Mm -hmm. Yes, I believe that is the, the, the county. Although I think I heard they went with ES and S express votes, which are basically just as bad. They're all the um, same. They're all the same, Mr. Fabrito. I mean, I, I almost wonder if Dominion was just used as a scapegoat so they could just peg it all on them and then they can keep on using the machines. <laughs> well, right. And to your point, we have to get rid of the machines altogether. Hand mark paper ballots and hand count them at the precinct mm -hmm. in public. And then there's no dispute of who mm -hmm. won any election. I mean, it can be done. Um, even like uh, I was watching some of the hearings going on in Maricopa County. And, you know, it's just it's interesting because this is happening all over the place, you know. And uh, like, you know, I'm flying the flag of Arizona behind me, even though I'm in Texas. And, you know, it's because that's a pretty heavy case. You know, I'm pretty sure if maybe if Brian Kemp or uh, if uh, Stacey Abrams were as loved as Carrie Lake is by the nation that, you know, all eyes would be on Georgia right now, you know, but unfortunately that's not the case, you know, so uh, that's why I'm grateful to have you along to share this information and so that we can continue to keep this relevant and accessible. To me, the accessibility of this information is the most thing uh, important since we see so much suppression of this data information by the fake news media and the mockingbird media. A another thing I wanted to mention and thank you about was during that press conference uh, that you did on November 22nd was the um, was the memorial of uh, uh, JFK, the assassination. And I was just like, you know what? Like, this just makes so much sense when we're talking about, you know, these elements within our government that are doing God knows what to, you know, undermine the will of the people and our constitution. And then uh, they're teaming up with the media in order to suppress that vote. You know, that's what we saw happening in the case of uh, the John F. Kennedy assassination. And that's what we're seeing in the assassination of our country through our election system. It's it's totally synonymous almost. Yeah, uh, exactly. I think there's a serious connection there, mm -hmm. uh, particularly in terms of the the uh, CIA reporting. And we, we, of course, drew the analogy in that press conference between that Dr. McKinney assassination, Operation Mockingbird, mm -hmm. uh, and then what's happening 
today with the false reporting that you know all these terms they have election denier fake electors mm-hmm. um and uh, conspiracy theories and uh, all this garbage um that it just seems like it's uh, mm-hmm. still going on today you know back then they had 200 media assets uh how many media assets do they have today yeah they, they just own all the media that's all <laughs> Pretty much, I think. You know. Yeah, I've heard people say that the media is the government. So, I mean. Yeah, well, they're certainly acting like. They certainly do. I mean, they call our elections. So, uh, goodness me, oh, my. Oh. So, uh, one last thing I wanted to go over with you uh, today. And, of course, if there's anything else that you would like to add to today's discussion was just it's just another one of those little like detail kind of fine points when we're talking about the machines and we're talking about suppression um, is I don't know, maybe you could give us your thoughts on this Uh, in regards to the way that we saw the machines acting in 2022. Did Georgia see anything that we saw like in Arizona or Texas or any of the other states where conservative areas where uh, the machines weren't working, uh, voters were being uh, disenfranchised, which I believe is true voter suppression is what we saw in 2022. Like we actually got to see what that looks like. That's my speculation without investigation, though, based on all the data I've seen. Um, did we see anything like that happening in Georgia? Well, not to the extent uh, that happened in Arizona, but mm-hmm. we did. We, right now, we are having an interesting situation in Fulton County where um, all of the Republican um, districts um, and precincts are, ex- are experiencing, well, at least for early voting, are experiencing incredibly long lines, whereas the ones that are mm-hmm. uh, Democrats uh, typically have are having no lines at all. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be really interesting. So either that is voter suppression, as you said, or maybe Republicans are turning out in mass mm-hmm. uh, to vote for Herschel Walker. We don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I guess we're going to find out when they... If, if, if they run the reports and um, you find out that it's just like before in Fulton County, then that's going to really lead to a lot of suspicion. Mm-hmm. And that should be interesting, especially considering that uh, that information about uh, uh, the votes being missing, right? Uh, was it the Warnock race, right, with um, yeah. Marshall Walker? Mm-hmm. 20,000 votes uh, missing, and we'll have that, we'll release those screenshots tomorrow from Georgia Public Broadcast. Awesome. All right. It's something definitely to look forward to. All mm-hmm. right. Well, uh, Mr. Favorito of Voter GA, uh, is there anything else that you would like to uh, add or share with us in regards to the case updates that are happening in, uh, with Voter GA in Georgia? Well, I think that sums it up. We've got a couple, three more, but I uh, will save them for next time. They're in the hopper. We haven't gotten hearings lined up, but these are the two or three that are hot right now. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Garland, I can't thank you enough again for coming on the show and uh, sharing your insights, experiences, and uh, I'm going to say your wisdom uh, with the audience. And um, again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Voter GA is independent. It's grassroots. It's election integrity. It's nonpartisan. It's everything that someone who cares about elections should be. And uh, I would encourage you all to offer them your support. Uh, You can visit Voter GA. today, right? You should go right now. You can pull up another window and just go check it out, right? And there's a lot of information over there from press releases that go all the way back to 2015. I think that's the oldest one that I saw. Uh, And then, of course, a lot of other uh, election news and information. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Garland Favorito, Voter GA.
Thank you, Mr. C. It's good to be with you. And uh, uh, we are also tax deductible. The donations are for a 501c3. And I'm a volunteer. Don't take a salary. It all goes to save George. And I'm unaffiliated. So, <laughs> All right. We're all here for America and we're all here for election integrity. Amen. Amen, sir. Thank you so much, Garland. And uh, I look forward to speaking with you again. Okay, Doug. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to sum up uh, today's interview with uh, Garland Favorito and a lot of stuff to consider there. A lot of good information, guys. So I'm saying uh, we we uh, we got to keep our heads up. We got to keep our resolve strong. OK, and we got to keep moving forward. OK, uh, we can't we can't be taking steps backward. Now, that doesn't mean move on. Right. Because uh, we still need to make sure we take care of some matters such as the 2020 election, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but in that regard, we will, we will stay abreast with this information and these stories uh, as much and as thoroughly and as accurately as we possibly can. All right, guys. Uh, and we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election, and everyone knows it. You and I saw with our own eyes, spread a web of lies, and the whole world saw with our own eyes. This was a fraudulent election. Lies, 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 fake news. You and I saw with our own eyes. Lies, 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 fake news. We're going to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. But they failed. And on this day, remember, we must make sure that such attack never, ever happens. They failed. Reaching the Capitol, American flags on poles being used as weapons. We're going to have somebody in there that should not be in there, and our country will be destroyed. Our country has had enough. We will not take it anymore. They failed. He can't accept he lost. He lost. He's not just a former president. He's a defeated former president. You and I saw with our own eyes. And spread a web of lies. And the whole world saw with our own eyes. This was a fraudulent election. Lies, 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 fake news. You and I saw with our own eyes. Lies, 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 fake news. We're going to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. He can't accept he lost. It was a landslide election. Come on, man. When you catch somebody in the fraud, you're allowed to go by very different rules. Tell what you thought? It's wrong. It's undemocratic. And frankly, it's un-American. Just in a nutshell, so stupid. So stupid, these people. Think about it. This wasn't a good course. This was an armed insurrection. You'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to be strong. They failed. He can't accept he lost. He lost, literally erecting gallows to hang the vice president of the United States. You and I saw with our own eyes, spread a web of lies, and the whole world saw with our own eyes. This was a fraudulent election. Lies, 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 fake news. You and I saw with our own eyes. Lies, 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 fake news. We're going to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for allowing me to take that brief break. Play a little ditty from the Remix Brothers. Yeah, that one, that one I know. My core audience knows every word. Sing along, everyone. Sing along. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to take a moment to thank you all for being live with us again at the C Report. I am your host, Mr. C, also known as Michael Aaron Casadis. If you're live with us over at Pill.net, the Foxhole app, at Twitch, at Trovo, at Odyssey, at CloudHub, at Rumble. Thank you for being with us tonight, and welcome, 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 as we uh, get into uh, the second portion of tonight's show. It was a pretty insightful interview. That's something to look forward to with Mr. Uh, with Voter GA and uh, Garland Paparito there. Um, I was not aware that they were going to be in court tomorrow, so that's actually very exciting. Uh, but, you know, an, um, I guess kind of something that I would like to say to close up, I guess, some of this talk about the courts and stuff like that is, you know, there was a well. There was a conversation that I I uh, engaged in on the social medias uh, about um, the courts and lawsuits and their efficacy uh, when it comes to uh, defeating the bad guys, uh, when it comes to the rule of law, when it comes to justice being served. You know, and, and I understand um, we're jaded. Sometimes we we get discouraged. Sometimes sometimes it just feels like it is business as usual. But I, I have to reiterate that as a nation that that is functioning or it's supposed to function as a constitutional republic, meaning a government that, you know, follows, respects, understands, honors, adheres to the rule of law. Well, you know, that is the proper recourse for us to take, you know, just because the bad guys know how to milk the clock with lawsuits, just because they wine and dine cowardly judges into uh, making adverse and nonsensical rulings on uh, things that are, I mean, it should be pretty understandable that a citizen can question a, an election process, right? or a government process, and they should have standing. I mean, that's something that's commonsensical. I mean, it flies in the it flies in the face of logic to say that a voter does not have standing in an election that he voted for or voted in, he or she voted in. You know, so that's what I'm saying in that regard. Whether or not the bad guys know how to string us along or milk out the clock in order to buy themselves more time, in a constitutional republic with due process, you know, with trials, um, that is the right afforded to them, even if they are abusing it or exploiting it. We cannot go to the dark side ourselves, ladies and gentlemen. We cannot go to the dark side ourselves or we'd be no better than them. We'd have no integrity. And why should we even adhere to a constitutional republic? We might as well just have a democracy like the Democrats and all of the other uh, bought out establishment politicians. And the media heads seem to seem to think that that's all that we are. We're just uh, we're just a rule of mob here in the United States of America. The shining city on the hill. Just mob rule. Yeah, that's not what made the city so shiny, ladies and gentlemen. It was the rule of law that did that, I would say. And and every other thing that uh, every other right um, acknowledged by this government. I say acknowledged, not given. Acknowledged because our rights are given by a much higher power, right, than anything that we could find on this planet. So anyways, I just had to get that little soapbox out there, guys, because it was kind of on my mind. And uh, 
I just think it has a, a relevance. And then I also wanted to apologize to the crew over at uh, Pilled. I, I didn't get to stop into the chat as much as I wanted to. My um, Actually, my monitor for uh, the foxhole is kind of acting up right now. But uh, I pulled up something here so I could check it out. Uh, Skeeter Burke, Gary Flesner. What's up, Gary Flesner? Good to see you. Disco Ball Chaser. Let's see who else we got hanging out today. Tam Gorel. What's going on, Tam Gorel? Thank you so much for gifting the shades, Tam. I appreciate you, hon. Sonia C is also in, in the house. What's going on, Sonia C? Good to see you there today. Awesome, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for uh, coming on in and filing in. Uh, Sean Joe with that handsome repeat offender badge. How's it going, sir? Thank you for the cookie. Hola, hola yourself, sir. <laughs> Dpatriot1776, good to see you, ma'am. <laughs> hey, girl, says Tam Grau to Dpatriot. <laughs> Oh, George is going to be lit on Tuesday. Oh, dude. Okay. So Tuesday is the runoff, isn't it? Yeah. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to verify and get that one down hard. Yeah. Tuesday's the runoff. That's the Warnock, uh, Herschel Walker. <laughs> I say that backwards. <laughs> that is the Senate race, ladies and gentlemen, the Warnock Walker race. Bill Tech. Good to see you, sir. Good to see you in the audience as always. And, uh, let's see here. Uh, Dpatriot1776 asks, isn't it odd how Stacy just slinked away this time? Yeah. Yeah. She she definitely did not deny <laughs> that election, right? Oh man, you know, Stacy Abrams, you know, there was some other interesting data, I think, that came out of 2022 that I had read up on. Actually, in regards to Stacy Abrams, Stanky Abrams, excuse me. I forgot to I forgot to call her by her given C report name, Stanky Abrams. Uh, speaking of slinking, slinking away, Dpatriot, uh, she received one hundred and thirty three thousand less votes than Warnock did. Because, I mean, let's not forget how popular she is, right? So I guess somewhere in the mix, uh, Warnock became the golden child. But if that's the case in 2022, Jen Jordan. Uh, who was running for state AG in Georgia, Georgia, she received 13,000 more votes than Stanky Abrams. And even uh, Lieutenant Governor candidate Charlie Bailey received 2,000 more votes than Stacey. Man, Stanky Abrams just ain't popular anymore, huh? And that's kind of what it seems like is happening. Maybe all of those memes you guys keep putting out about the good old Stanky is starting to hit home, right? And George is like, oh, we don't want that thing representing us. You know, just about everyone in this state can walk through that buck tooth. Sorry, that tooth gap. Yeah. So uh, Stanky Abrams, ladies and gentlemen, do I need to show you my favorite Brian Kemp photo again? No. I don't got to do that, guys, because we got some more election integrity news to share with you all. Oh, yes, we do. We're not done yet. We are not done yet. Why am I looking at that monitor when I have one on my screen? Okay. I just wanted to finish going through the comments real quick, guys, since I denied you all for the last hour. Uh, let's see here. Um, Dpatriot 1776 says vote totals going down is the norm since 2020. That is another state. That is a statement of fact. That's the new norm, isn't it? You know, it's like because, you know, you could say you can see like vote totals like increase. Right. I mean, like massive increases. I mean, we're talking like ballot dump increases. Right. Like in the smallest corner of the world with the slightest percentage possible 
that can happen, right? In the middle of the night, a 5,000, 6,000, 12,000 vote jump, right? Like, 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 it's like, it's like one of the teeniest micro percentages that it's actually legit, right? I mean, that actually, you know what? Had we seen the real data from 2020 and 2022, we probably would have seen that. We probably would have seen like a vote increase by like thousands. It just wouldn't have been stuffed into one hour or two hours or overnight. It would have happened throughout the entire voting period because uh, after all, the vote was so heavily suppressed, ladies and gentlemen, we do not even know what the face of America looks like. What do you look like, America? I would love to see your face. I would love to know what America really looks like, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but because of the vote suppression and the data suppression and uh, all of the other, uh, all of the other delays, obfuscations that they're putting into, uh, well, the omissions, right? Everything, everything, the hiding of it, the the information, the data, the lying about it, the deception. We won't know at this point in time. But getting back to my point, ladies and gentlemen, getting back to my point, I know I was coming to a point. No, 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 I was. I was. Uh, the point of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, that in this day and age, when we're talking about our elections, they need to be secure. <laughs> no, but that's something that you already knew, guys. Um, no, the vote suppression, right? The vote suppression and the new norm being that uh, votes drop, you know? So... I, there's a there's a there's a small chance you can see huge massive increases of votes, but you should never see a decrease in votes unless, like um, uh, Mr. Favorito pointed out, like there's a withdrawal or something like that, or you know, candidate for whatever reason is no longer part of the race and, and race. Uh, apparently, in the year 2022, if a candidate dies, expires even as little as a month before the elections. Apparently, the people cannot do anything about that candidate being on the ballot, right? Even though we're using electronic, up-to-date, modern systems, you know, because that happened in Pennsylvania. And uh, you know how the ma mainstream media spun that, right? Uh, so uh, the people of Pennsylvania elect a dead person into office. And it has nothing to do with uh, any of this, um, uh, any of these shenanigans are pulling in the background. What it had to do with was that he died a month before the elections and that was not enough time for them to pull him off the ballot, right? When we have digital, I mean, you know, you know, I get it if you want to say paper, right? But then uh, what about all of the ballots that you're printing on election day? Why do they still have his name on it? And also what about your computers? Because don't you have technicians that can remove that? And where are all the signs posted that say so-and-so is dead? Do not vote for him. It happened in Texas also, guys. I mean, votes should never decrease ever. Okay. And that's why I was sharing that information about um, Otero County, New Mexico, where, I mean, it's literally documented and that that's not the only state. That's not the only county. That's not the only race where that type of anomaly is documented, but it should absolutely be highlighted, ladies and gentlemen, because again, this is an anomaly that was never the norm prior to 2020 to depatriate 1776's point, you know, never the norm. And uh, we should not get comfortable with it, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Uh, hey, Victoria, what's going on? Good to see you, hun. And thank you so much for gifting the cookie. 
All right, you guys are awesome. Thanks for being here tonight. <laughs> that was a lot of heart, Skeeter Burke. <laughs> that was indeed. Okay, guys, I think we're ready to move on to the rest of tonight's show. Oh, that's a very nice sentiment, Sean Joe. I wish I had seen that when uh, Garland was still on. He, uh, uh, Sean Joe says, uh, Mr. Favorito is beloved as Carrie Lake. Ah, that is such a, you know, guys, <laughs> you know, I've talked about finding your Garland Favorito moment. I'm just trying not to embarrass myself in front of him. Okay. <laughs> But if it were not for the way that he handled all of those disappointments in 2020 and 2021, I don't know if I ever would have found my silver lining, guys. I was like, how does this man do this? I mean, like, he has had the courts just throw out these cases. He's had all of this, all of these shenanigans happening behind the scenes, you know, with whatever the county people are doing, the election officials are doing, you know. How does he keep a positive attitude about it? But, you know, it's just... It's just a state of mind, ladies and gentlemen, and you too can get there. It just takes practice. <laughs> well, I mean, for some, it's easier than others, but, uh, well, we're not here to talk about, uh, you know, uh, uh, personal uh, personality things. Anyways, we're here to talk about election integrity news, guys. America first news. And uh, I agree with those sentiments, Shanjo. Hopefully there are more Garland favoritos in the wings. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. It's time to get rid of the cynics, right? We can keep them around for reality checks, but uh, <laughs> yeah, not for uh, not for for morale boosting, right? We don't need cynical people to, to boost morale. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sean Joe says the majority of Dem votes are non-existent. That's yeah. Yeah. That's exactly why. That's exactly why they had to switch to vote suppression in 2022 instead of uh, vote deception like they did in 2020, you know? Uh, the real voter suppression of 2022, we would not have seen it, guys. And uh, we can clearly identify that now. We can clearly identify that. <laughs> awesome, guys. Cool, cool, cool. All right, let's move on, guys. Let us move on to the next topic at hand. And uh, what do we got here, guys? We got on the screen the brand new crime scene. Brand new crime scene. What do you mean by it's a brand new crime scene, Mr. C? How can a polling booth be a crime scene? All you do is go and vote. Did someone harass you, Mr. C? Did someone pull a gun on you? Did someone steal from you? No, 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 no. The crime scene, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, your stolen vote. You know, that's another thing that I don't think people realize that's also coming out into the um, conversation. Uh, aside from the fact that our vote is more than just our choice, you know, and yes, it, it, it our vote is our voice, but it is also more than our voice uh, for what it, it symbolizes and what it represents. You know, it, it is literally symbolic, you know, our right to pursue happiness, right? Uh, to be a free moral agent, to be um, self-determinant, you know, that is why our vote is the most coveted thing, the most coveted item, the most coveted idea on this planet, ladies and gentlemen, that there's a lot of weight behind that, right? A lot of weight and a lot to live up to. But the idea that our vote is also a contract, a legally binding 
contract, I think tends to fly over our head. No, it flew over my head. And then one day I was like, you know what? It is a contract. That's my way of telling the government that A, I'm paying attention and I'm going to show up at every single election. So, you know, I'm paying attention. You're not going to try and pull any funny work on me. But, you know, also because that is what in a representative democratic constitutional republic. Oh, do, 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 all those add-ons, right? That is how we do, ladies and gentlemen. That's how we do it. You know, so um, contract, ladies and gentlemen. And that actually puts a lot more legal emphasis behind the importance of our vote. It's like when, uh, who was it that said that? That um, if we have instances where like you're at the Poll, the the uh, the polls and you're going to go vote and they tell you you can't vote or they tell you you already voted or they tell you you're not in the system. That is identity theft. That is identity fraud. So, yeah, absolutely. In 2022, the crime scene, ladies and gentlemen, the poll sites, the election booths, that is absolutely what they are and what they have become, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, let's see, uh, let's see, it, it, the various points of concern, you know, that's all of the data that we've gathered, you know, the suppression of the information by the media, you know, that is what destroys confidence in elections, right? Not people who are pointing out the errors, who are pointing out the discrepancies, who are pointing out the abnormalities, the anomalies, the improprieties. You know, when it all starts to stack up like that, you gotta wonder if it's intentional. Now, core audience knows, oh, heck yeah, it is. I mean, there's this entire narrative that uh, basically uh, politicians and, and even, um, well, politicians mainly, you know, uh, and and cautious, I'll say cautious awake people, you know, kind of dance around with when we're talking about these kinds of things is, uh, uh, you know, it, was, it, it, it wasn't really voter suppression. It didn't really happen. There is no voter fraud. Uh, this system works. Um, that's just because we have to have our faith in it. And, uh, you know, we point something out. And all of a sudden, we become enemy. You know, I'm glad to say that this period of time, I think, will be short-lived, right? Because, I mean, if you take a step back and if you were to look at this, like, on a timeline, this would be a pretty messed up time, guys. You know, this would be a pretty messed up time. I mean, we're... Aside from living history right now, we are living in history. You know, we're living in a time of unmapped territory. You know, I mean, you you hear these um, these fraudulent politicians sit up there, stand up there, and they are the ones who pontificate on. Oh well, the Constitution doesn't say we can do that. You know, you got to one. Sorry, guys, on here. White House, my fellow Americans. White House. Whoa, that was weird, y'all. I don't know what was. <laughs> They're like, shut up, Mr. C. Tucker. <laughs> I'm trying to make a point here. Okay. Anyways. Um, and now I've forgotten my point. Jeez Louise. Goodness me. Oh, my. Oh. And I was, I was just coming to that point. Anyways, guys, it'll come back to me. It usually does. I apologize. All right. But, uh, man, I was feeling on fire there. I was just feeling on fire. Um, 
let's move on to our stories, guys. Let's move on to our stories. I think I'm already taking too much time for what I've prepared for you guys. You know, I do this too. Look at you guys having fun with y'all stickers over there and pilled. Oh, I promised someone a sticker. Just reminded myself. All right, guys. So uh, this is a crime scene. Okay. Let us not forget, you know, aside from the fact that they are uh, destroying our constitution, uh, they are undermining our rights. You know, they are. All, there's also identity theft and uh, things like that going on. You know, these are all things that we can stack up in that regards. And, you know, the, the next thing also is going to be the um, privacy issues that go behind voting and the utilization of machines and the exploitation of personal identifying information, among other things, ladies and gentlemen, which is an entirely it's an entirely other you know realm, but it's all related. And it can all be pinned back onto those machines. Thanks, Skeeter Burke. Skeeter Burke was like, you were on fire. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Java, what's going on, buddy? Good to see you. Good to see you with your big old AOC eyes. What is going on? <laughs> what's going on there? Cool, cool, cool. Okay, guys. All right. I know you guys are hungry for some news. So let's get some news rolling. Let me go down my... Uh... Okay. Oh, here we go. Elections have become one of the largest unaddressed crime scenes in the nation's history. Now, I say one of because we know that there are many that are not addressed, like, you know, child trafficking, etc. Uh, but is definitely one of the largest. I mean, it fits into that category because this is, again, a place that, to my point, before I forgot my point, many Americans never realized was an actual crime, you know, I mean, and it really wasn't until like we had True the Vote coming out and uh, doing this um, a sheriff and uh, and uh, uh, citizen organ organizing in order for uh, citizens to report to them and 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 forming a coalition of, of elected sheriffs that understand the importance and the authority of their constitutionally elected position, ladies and gentlemen, that we started to realize, ah, we don't have to rely on election administrators and secretaries of state and legislators to investigate, to hold hearings, to uh, to research and do the data. You can actually refer it to law enforcement because there are laws that are being broken and that constitutes a crime, right? So our eyes are definitely opening, ladies and gentlemen, and our... Uh, Ears are definitely hearing, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I pulled this article from uh, a site called The American Thinker, uh, wherein they start to break down some of this, you know, um, real real time election data coming in, showing real time election fraud. I got a couple of articles to share with you guys about this on this kind of topic. So these will be kind of general, not county or state specific. Uh, and most of them reflective on 2020, which again is very important, guys, because we are still going to correct that. You know, uh, we're still going to correct that and we're still going to embrace President Trump as a president, right? Yeah, because we're not Candace Owens. Okay. Here, I just had to throw that in, y'all. I just had to throw that in. What is she going to do when he becomes president again? <laughs> I mean, he's still president, but I mean, optically speaking. Anyways, guys. All right. Let's let's stay away from the trash. Uh, article says, here's how they did it. 
real-time election fraud. Let's see what this analysis says here, okay? And this is about latency. So uh, database latency. <clears throat> okay, so question, what is latency, right? It's, it's when your program can't keep up with how fast you type. That happens to me all the time, right? <laughs> it's when your live stream cannot keep up with you in real time. It's delayed, that latency, right? It's exactly what we were talking about um, uh, with Garland Favorito about these uh, poll pads that were witnessed going from like 500 voters at the close of the night to all of a sudden the numbers just going up. 12,000, we had 1200 voters, right? And the excuse for that, the excuse for what was it? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't 1,200. It was 1,700. The excuse for 1,200 votes suddenly appearing after the polls closed was database latency. That's what the excuse was. And basically what that means in the real world is that you had 1,700 voters show up and they all voted so fast, the computer could not keep up with them until the polls closed. And then you saw the real number. Now, in make-believe imagination land, that excuse might work. But in America, I should say, in the land of common sense and logic, that lie does not fly. Because the people who worked that specific precinct where I'm pulling those numbers from, because this is what happened in Dallas County, Texas, and they certified that election, okay, and that just happened that just happened, they said, I mean, they the, the people who worked that precinct, the people who worked that station, that witnessed that happening, that wrote that affidavit, and who are currently totally confused about their elections in this nation, okay, they ID'd and had every single person who voted sign that paper. I did it too, right? We use ESNS here in Bear County. So, you know, I showed them my ID. I signed the paper. They tried to offer me a pencil. I said, I have my pen. They said, oh, okay. You know, no fights. Not like in Arizona, right? Where they're like, you have to use this Sharpie or you can't vote, right? Um, so that's the process. I've seen it. I understand it. You know, you're calling into question the integrity and the honesty of every person who worked at that precinct, you know? And for someone who's weak-minded, you might even be calling into question their sanity, okay? Because someone who knows what they saw and what they witnessed and someone who knows right from wrong knows what they saw and what they witnessed, okay? You know, someone who has that resolve, right? The resolve that we need to press forward against these people that keep on lying and deceiving and cheating and stealing. And it's only because they're part of this, this entire machinery and apparatus, ladies and gentlemen, that they are still able to get away with it, okay? But again, in 2022, I mean, we are seeing more than just cracks in their, their operations, okay? Uh, we're, we're, seeing, we're seeing very large advances, you know, on our part. And granted, they're large because compared to the advances we've made in the past, which were minimal, if, if not non-existent, we've taken leaps and bounds. I would say humanity as a whole, as far as their consciousness goes, 
has grown by leaps and bounds in just the last four or five years, guys. That's why I said when our next administration comes in, be it in 2024 or before, we will be looking at that administration, regardless of who it is, with very different eyes, very different ears, and a very different mind. And we will be seeing things we never saw before. But more importantly, we'll be able to understand them, you know, whereas before maybe it might have just gone over our head. Anyways, guys, enough about that. Uh, I am bloviating again. Sean Joe, stop me. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's get to this article. Database latency. You guys see how I went off into that direction just talking about database latency? What is database latency? Well, I kind of explained it to you, but uh, according to this article, it is a geeky term. <laughs> it is a geeky term, but that's how they did it. Okay, so uh, everything that I told you about those poll book tabulators and that as an example of database latency is accurate. But the example of database latency that they'll be using in this article in order to prove the fraud is a little different. Database latency. It says here, a policeman pulls over a speeder. The police computer reports that three hours ago, a similar vehicle and a person held up a liquor store. So the police are on alert. No database latency. County elections managers changed the zip code of 31,000 voters on September 3rd. Ballots go out that week. Those 31,000 are undeliverable. Someone collects those valid ballots. On September 15th, those addresses are quietly changed back. That seems like something more than database latency to me, right? Let's read that one more time. County election managers changed the zip code of 31,000 voters on September 3rd, the same week that ballots go out. Those 31,000 uh, changed addresses, right, are undeliverable. So someone collects those valid ballots. Then on September 15th, they change those 31,000 voters' addresses back to their original address. That sounds like blatant fraud to me. <laughs> National Change of Address Database will not pick up those address changes. They did not happen because there is no history. The 31,000 citizens were getting their mail just fine, except for the ballots. Ballot addresses were driven by the county mail-in ballot database, the one that was changed, then changed back. Many states send ballots to everyone. And that's not accurate. Not Well, I would say several states, not many states, right? Several states send ballots to everyone. This, the recipient is none of the is none the wiser than uh, they never received a mail-in ballot. They may vote in person. Whoops, you already voted. Ever heard of that? Wow, so that actually could explain what happens there because we're you know I'm kind you know, I mean I get it. I mean it's happening. You can't deny it's happening. But you know sometimes it's like well what's what's the gumworks happening inside? Like uh, what's making it tick? What is the what is the source code say? You know, but in fact. It, maybe it wasn't the source code, right? Because you know, uh, let's let's take into consideration the multiple factors, right? We've got we've got the election rigging information center. I mean, the election elec election registration information center, right? Eric, who who has all of this uh, database of uh, of eligible voters, not 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 voters who are already uh, registered to vote, people who are eligible 
to be registered to vote in addition to people who are already registered to vote, you know, and they scour the DMV and they team up with that to get all of that data. Okay. So, okay. What do we see in many States? We see States have overstuffed, ballooned, unclean, unkempt voter rolls, you know, uh, Wisconsin, for example, right. They've got like what, 7 million voters and they've got like, I don't know, four or 5 million additional voters than they have actual people who vote in there. Why do you have, 12 million voters on your voter rolls if you only have 7 million people who actually vote, you know, that kind of a thing, right? And forgive me on my numbers, guys. I mean, it's, it is basically that, you know, description. You can go research it for yourself if you'd like, but, uh, that, that is the thing what I'm saying there. So you got your voter rolls, right? Then you got your, you got your, your electronic voting machines, ladies and gentlemen, and you know, those things, accessible, right? Uh, they can be, um, they can be accessed remotely. Okay. We've got five, five independently researched investigative reports. Okay. From around the country. One of them being from a federal agency themselves that confirms one of the reports from Georgia that shows that these machines are vulnerable to remote access. And in some instances, depending on what port that they are accessed from, you will never even know that your computer is being used. That's right. Your screen won't turn on. Your fan won't buzz inside of the little box. You won't even know someone's in there. Okay. It won't beep. It won't whir. Nothing. Okay. And there are two ports on the machines that have that ability. Okay. So yes, totally access. So, you know, you got your digital vote coming in rigged, right? Uh, then you got your uh, bought out, paid out secretaries of states, election officials, et cetera, uh, governors, right? Who will, who will delay oh, judges. Let's not forget the judges and let's not forget the district attorneys, right? They're all part of it, guys. That swamp is deep. That swamp is deep. Okay. Uh, the local level guys, that's the swamp that we should be concerned about, you know, because if we take care of our backyard swamp, right, ain't nothing the federal government can do about it, right? They can send a tank to our backyard if they want to. And if we have the constitution and if we have justice on our side, they can't do anything about it, guys. They can't, okay? Uh, they they better not even come here. You know, and then, then you have to pray that you have a constitutional sheriff and all that stuff too, but anyhow. Let's not snowball that scenario. <laughs> let's not snowball that scenario. But uh, <clears throat> so uh, let, let's get back to this article. Let's get back to this article. Okay, so we're talking about the mail-in ballots mm -hmm. and these databases. Okay, because like, like I said, all of that comes together. Okay, all of it comes together. But this is very interesting because. We've read myriads of stories. So-and-so showed up to vote. They said, you already voted. We can't figure out how. So that's really interesting. They have this data, guys. Now, why is no one behind bars? That's what I want to know because they're flipping the addresses and then they're changing them back before they're caught. So that means that people are never getting their votes and they're going to someone else's and then that person's voting for them. And then when they show up, they already voted. And then they take a provisional ballot. And if that precinct was trained on provisional ballots, like uh, every precinct in uh, Detroit was trained in 2020, you know that three weeks after election day, you just throw away those provisional ballots. You don't count them, okay? We we have recordings of that training. We've shared that with you guys, okay? Where the instructor is saying, what happens to that provisional ballot? Put it in a box, says the trainees. And then what happens to that box? 
goes in the trash, says the trainees, okay, documented, okay. And then we also have documented that that very same training was being utilized throughout this country in 2022. Problems, America, big problems, okay. So uh, let's get back to database latency, guys, because I need to understand this also. So uh, it says here, uh, welcome to database latency. And it sounds like they have a totally different definition than I gave you. Our bad guy pals know they can change voter rolls, take an action, and then change them back. Who would know? Well, you would have to inspect or audit, I guess, your uh, computer functions, right? I mean, there's a, there's a technical term for that, I'm sure. Uh, keystroke, keystroke functions, you know, keystroke operations. You'd have to review that, right? in order to see what steps were taken, you know, in betwixt whiles. Um, so it says here, a thousand voters are changed from inactive, voted, then changed back. And how would you ever know? With lots of complex footwork, you could eventually tell from their voter history file months after the election. What are you going to do about it? Reverse the election? The new and current ballot gathering strategy mandated by the almost universal mail-in ballots adds pretty cool database games, exploiting database latency. Database latency, as you likely gathered, is when current reality lags underlying records. Oh, nope. We're, we're both right on it, guys. When current reality lags the underlying current. Actually, this might be a new definition right? Post-2020. <laughs> we all experience it in our electronics-driven society. The ballot-gathering scammers know about latency. It's their ground game. To Republicans, election engineering is civics. To Democrats, it's business. And they're great at it. They know the Republicans have hundreds of diligent election sleuths working in basements and dining room tables checking voter rolls for the dead and the fakes. They know those people rely on the NCOA, National Change of Address Database, and Melissa. Who's Melissa? <laughs> I've never heard of Melissa. I know who Eric is. Who's Melissa? <laughs> I, I, this is not even an acronym. <laughs> Anyways, um, so they know they know those people rely on the NCOA and Melissa and other highly latent services as their baseline. If someone moved, it shows up in NCOA. Two months later, a real voter moved. They want to keep getting their St. Jude's donation cards. They fill in their NCOA form to get mail forwarded to their new address. Our fraud detectives find this person, and maybe someone voted for them. Cross out one phantom. That makes me wonder how they're going to fill those 1,200 phantom voters in that Dallas County precinct that just showed up after the polls closed in spirit. And I bet you they all voted Democrat, too. Our bad guys are happy to give up a few retail level ballots to hide the wholesale level ballot gathering apparatus. They count on it. Here's the fraud equation taking place across the country. Count the in-person votes on election day. Count the early in-person votes. Shut down the system. The Atlanta Water League, Maricopa County, everything. Uh, just how about everything just shutting down at 10 p.m. or midnight? No, it was 10 p.m., wasn't it, in 2020? 
Um, <clears throat> bring in undeliverable ballots gathered when you changed voters' names, addresses, or zip codes, then change them back. Determine the votes you need to win. Press the win button. Wait for the Republicans to file a lawsuit months later. Floating ballots are the lifeblood Democrats need to win. And when they do. Okay, so let's kind of break that down into like what we're seeing here now. Because this is all very interesting analysis. Um, I really want to see the data to support it. But I mean, if this is all like discernment based, I'd say that's pretty good discernment, you know. But um, <clears throat> so, yeah, everything describes here what we're seeing. OK, everything that we've seen since 2020. Right. I mean, in 2022, it was almost like people were expecting the votes to be counted late and they were okay with that, which I don't understand, but I mean, I'm not them. So I guess there's that. Um, this part here, bringing in undeliverable ballots when uh, gath gathered, when you changed voters' names, addresses, or zip codes, then change them back. So, I mean, I'm just kind of like trying to put my head around their process here because we know that the unlawful ballots, the ones that they print, you know, I mean, otherwise would be what would be known as like um, uh, fraudulent ballots or or I guess like um, counterfeit or whatever, you know, we know that they they have those fake unlawful printed ballots in order to stuff the digital number and make it look real, right? So whatever the digital number says, you know, it doesn't matter what the real number was, whatever the digital number says, they need to make sure that they stuff that precinct, and we'll just take it down to the precinct level, with those unlawful ballots, because in the event that someone should want an audit or wanna look, uh, look at the ballots and the ballot images, they'll need to make sure that the numbers match. Now, the passage of time, I think, is what has helped these um uh these election criminals get away with that uh, a lot now, we're seeing in 2022 with organizations like voter ga on the ground getting audits and hand counts the night of the elections that they don't have time to stuff the ballots you know they don't have time to stuff that box with unlawful ballots which is why i'm wondering like what's going to happen in dallas county they have to like pull out like 1200 voter records which we have regardless if they're valid or not I mean, Texas does participate in the ERIC system also, the election rigging. I call it election rigging, okay? Information system. It's 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 a proper name is the election, uh, sorry, the electronic registration information center. It's the election rigging information center. So, you know, we we have ERIC here, okay? And, and our voter rolls here in Texas are overstuffed, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, you know, we had an SOS that tried to clean it out. And uh, the people over at the DMV that did not want him to do that got him in trouble. And he ended up having to resign because uh, he sent a whole bunch of notices to um, naturalized citizens that they could not vote, okay, because the DMV did not separate them from the uh, unnaturalized citizens who still get ID cards and driver's license here in the state of Texas, okay? Big issue, okay? On that uh, ID card, it should say, cannot vote, right? <laughs> Ineligible. <laughs> until they are, right? They need to put a line in there somewhere. How do we fix that, guys? I mean, I don't want to have to go through the GOP to get everything done, but if I have to, I'll do it, y'all. So we can get like, you know, we can get uh, we can get it on the ballot or something. I really don't know how that works for the DMV and for driver's licenses, but I can tell you that's how we're going to get the Secretary of State's office to be elected and not appointed. That, right, that way we can take care of them instead of relying on our rhino leaders to do nothing.
because that's all we've been doing. Um, so anyways, getting back to this. So it, it appears here based on this analysis that if they change the address, right? And then they have a new ballot with this new address. They fill it out. Doo -doo 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 -doo, and uh, they figure out who they want to vote for. That They're actually bringing in those. I mean, okay, so these would be targeted voters, right? These are targeted voters. I'm going to say the voters who get their addresses changed. Someone votes for them and then it's changed back. They are targeted voters, okay? And I'm willing to bet all of those targeted voters belong to a very specific political party, right? That's why political parties suck, you know? Because uh, they wouldn't be able to do that if we didn't have political parties, right? <laughs> They'd only be able to do it with candidates and that would be much harder, you know, to make people believe. Because that group think, right? You know, it's like, no, Democrats would never do that. No, Republicans would never do that. No, we're labels. Labels don't do that. Division, division, division. So that's interesting. So they bring in the targeted voter ballots and then they stuff the boat with that. That's interesting. So then that would explain why maybe their voter record does not reflect the way that they vote. And we've seen that time and time again. Hmm. Very interesting. And then, of course, through the passage of time, lawsuits are filed and it doesn't matter anymore. You know, thing about it is that's the way it was when... Uh, there was this perception that Americans didn't care and that they were disengaged and that they had the uh, memory of a goldfish and they had the attention span of a tetsy fly. That's not anymore, guys. Those days are over. Because I wouldn't be here and you wouldn't be here if that weren't true, right? So let's see here. Finishing up this article, it says ballot gatherers know Republicans use dumb technology. Relational databases, SQL, NCOA, Melissa, all non-real-time, highly latent systems. Bad guys are happy to watch Republicans waste time finding ones and twos, while the real action takes place by the thousands, invisible to these batch latency-prone systems. The RNC helps with its antiquated big data system, equally oblivious to anything that happens within a month. Want to run for office? It gets even uglier. A latency-prone database like the RNC's, to pick one, tells you how your voter was prone to vote over the last 10 election cycles. She leans Republican. Unfortunately, it does not tell you that while she leaned Republican for years, she donated this week to Greenpeace, enraged at the dollar store being built across her street. Real time means something. What is going on here, now, and today? Your Democrat opponent knows that. She is real time. You are not. You are on RNC time, apparently. <laughs> you, dear candidate, are using the RNC latency database to get out the vote for your opponent because you are latent. Um... They explain that at omegaforamerica.com. I'm going to have to go visit that later on. Let's take a short walk into the future of how we fight ballot gathering with technology. Just a fun little peek. We know an election commission is going to do anything possible to make the Democrat win. Wisconsin Election Commission, Arizona Maricopa County, seven states in 2016, for instance. What about all the rhinos? No, just kidding. Because the rhinos want to win, right? Rather than wasting time on batch NCOA, 
that's again, that's the national change of address database. Uh, we get a daily copy of the election roll. That's expensive. The list in Wisconsin is $12,000. But did you know your Democrat friends bought it 28 times before the 2016 election? What is a governorship worth? How much does a contested Senate seat cost? Maybe $50 million? What is a presidential campaign worth? Why would anyone spend $50 million on a Senate seat and let the other side own the election rolls? That is a question Romney McDaniels made by Mike Lindell. For those of you who are not in the loop, Mike Lindell is running for RNC chair versus Romney McDaniels. You know Rona, Romney, uh, uh, Mitt Romney's uh, niece. Yeah, there's certain family family names you just don't trust, people. You just don't trust. Anyone ever trust a Clinton? <laughs> How about a Bush? Yeah. So let's see here. <clears throat> so uh, we take that election roll with perhaps 15 million voters, Florida, for instance, or Texas. Compare every voter against every other voter and address down to the cell level and see any differences every day. What do we find? In a real life example, this month, we found a county that changed 31,500 zip codes yet the voter remained at the same address. God, these people are sloppy or extremely arrogant, y'all. That's crazy. All they did was change the, uh, the zip code. <laughs> they didn't even change the address. Oh my goodness. This is, they're stupid. Okay. They deserve to get caught. That means the voter did not change their address, continue to receive the same, uh, all their mail, except one item a ballot sent from a voter commission because that's the only database that was affected by that change, the one that they use. Our teams in Wisconsin and Florida are discovering this scam by the truckload. Do not email me that this is not real. And NCOA and Melissa, they are totally blind to this because the addresses are changed back. The Fractal team spent the last 20 months with guidance from Mike Lindell, encouragement from the great Sheriff David Clark, and over a dozen election integrity teams advancing voter integrity analysis from the ancient batch latent to the modern current real time. We learned the core strategy to fight ballot gathering, fraud, and real-time analysis of voter rolls and cast ballots. It is also real-time analysis of ballot collection points, like large apartment complexes and dorms where ballots gather because there is an apartment number, oh, because there is not an apartment number. The question now is whether Republicans want to start leading with technology or continue to spend millions on big data, data-driven batch buzzwords. We're about to find out. I like the tone that that writer used in that article. Uh, that's pretty crazy, guys. You know, okay, so just for example, you know, say 2020 went off without a hitch and uh, Joe Biden's already, you know, you know, out to pasture, right? 
uh, we never would have known this stuff happened. We never would have known anything about the election rigging. We never would have known about runback. We never would have known about the ballot stuffing. Uh, we never would have had those five reports that you basically exposed all the fraud of the machines. We wouldn't have all the lawsuits that ex exposed all the fraud of the other manu uh, produce manufacturers of voting machines. Okay. Uh, we never would have seen what real life voter suppression looks like guys. Like we saw, um, uh, three weeks ago, you know, and, uh, this is something I did not know about uh, all of this article. <laughs> I had no idea. So could you imagine, guys, uh, if 2020 had gone off without a hitch, they would have taken it back okay, in 2024 because we wouldn't have known any of this. We wouldn't have been prepared for it. We wouldn't we would be still sitting there with our thumbs. You know where. OK. Now, if 2022 hadn't happened. No, but like. This is something else we would never have known about, which means like. Now, hypothetically speaking, say 2020 went exactly the way it did. And, you know, we figured out how they did the fraud. We figured out about the stuffing of the ballot, the digital vote. We figured out about the runback services. We figured out all of that stuff. And yet somehow it's like we keep losing. The American people keep losing. Our rights keep going away. You know, uh, our manufacturing, our business, our wealth, our prosperity, it's all getting eaten out and it's going away. Why? Because we didn't know about the latency in the machines and this this scam. Oh, this is this is per, this is a huge story. Oh my goodness. Okay, so um, I'm going to pop this link open for me to review later on. I need to I need to follow up on this. This is a really big story, guys. Uh, my concern is this. You know, as someone who shares stories and and uh, other and news reports from various places, when you see a line like this, where where did she put it? Or he? Where did he or she put it? Okay, well, I can't remember where they put it, but they said, please don't tell me that this is false. Oh, wait, here it is. Here it is. Do not email me that this is not real. Okay, that, you know, that would cause me to like pause real quick. And because, you know, there's so much information out there, guys, in, in this age of over information. Is it dis? Is it miss? Is it accurate? Um, but, you know, the reason why sometimes these stories don't get out, right? It's to protect the investigation. That's why half of us didn't know there were canvases of the vote going on in New Hampshire. Well, we knew we knew it was going on in New Hampshire because of the way that audit went over there. But we didn't know it was going on in South Carolina. We didn't know it was going on in North Carolina. We didn't know it was going on in Indiana. And we, re we reported all of those stories here once the canvas had been completed. But the reason why we couldn't share it with you is because what happened in New Mexico? What happened in Colorado? What happened in Arizona? When they announced the canvas, they, they, they turned all of the state's law enforcement and executive offices on them and they had the media to back them up and to demonize them. So that's why sometimes we don't hear about this. So cause for concern when you read a sentence like that or a statement like that, but it's because you can't you can't leak your investigation. You, you risk uh, jeopardizing it in that way. But uh, what an interesting article, y'all. So I got a new wrinkle in my brain regarding how they uh, steal elections the database. It's very appropriate that we actually are going to be talking about Eric tonight before we close up. Yeah, that's right. We got about, uh, let me see here. Oh, two more stories, guys. And then uh, we're going to go ahead and draw this episode to a conclusion. Uh, next one comes from the pages of the Gateway Pundit. Uh, head uh, Banner reads, independently corroborated data asks the question. 
are the flash drives used during elections with the voting machines the same flash drives that they use to uh, provide the media data and information about the votes coming in from the precincts? I mean, I already know the answer to that question, guys. I mean, everyone knows it's shipped in through satellites and stuff like that. Oh, oh, or is it the intranet on these unconnectable machines? <laughs> it could be any of those things, right? But the flash drive is something that we saw coming up in 2020, right? Because we had people who were watching and observing and taking notes. And they're like, well, we saw them take flash drives out of the machines and they had them in a storage closet. And then they took them and they went somewhere with them. We don't know where they went, right? Uh, those are the kind of the stories that we were hearing. Let's see what this article is about, though, as uh, as we learn more about the various ways that they rig and steal our elections. Ladies and gentlemen, they do it more ways than one. Oh, you better believe they do it more ways than one, because I tell you what. If they only utilized one way. They would have been exposed a long time ago. Uh, title of the article, we're being lied to. Results provided by media are not derived from flash drives coming from the precincts. I could have told you that. No, just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I could have, but I wouldn't be able to support that thought. Okay. So it says here, the use of flash drives in the election process has been well documented. New evidence suggests that these flash drives are not used for reporting election results by the media. I thought it was Seidel that did that. I mean, they had a contract for it, didn't they? We first became aware of the use of flash drives during the 2020 election when, in, when an individual in Milwaukee misplaced a flash drive and was forced to turn around and go get it at about the same time that 145,000 votes were recorded for Joe Biden only in the state. All right. And uh, there's the supporting article developing Milwaukee elections chief lost elections flash drive in the morning hours of November 4th, when Democrats miraculously found 120 votes for Joe Biden. So at the same time, the flash drive went missing. The votes were added. Hmm. Oh, no. I mean, it could be a coincidence, right? There were other reports on the misuse of flash drives and the related lack of controls that we shared over the past few years. If, if I might just interject here, and this article might mention this, they also used the flash drives. Uh, Texas, good example, right? Ruth Hughes, that's why you're on that lawsuit. That's why we're suing your ass, girl, because they use the flash drives also to insert malware into those machines, right? We saw it happen in Texas and they still authorized it. Because Texans, Americans, not even an election officer has the right to inspect the source code of that machine, according to the federal government. Okay, only the feds and the, uh, the certified or accredited voting system testing laboratories, apparently, whether they're accredited or not, have the right to access that information. Not the American people. Okay, so... Um, <clears throat> yeah, we've seen, we've seen these things happen, but, you know, that's what... That's where my flash drives, you know, uh, the next thought that comes to mind is uh, maybe the flash drives have the um, the voting records of all of the phantom voters Boop, pop that in and replace the vote. Right. Something like that. Now, let's see what the article breaks down. It says here. 
we also reported that per a discussion of the election process in Georgia after the 2020 election, the results at various locations are consolidated on flash drives that are then carried to locations where the data on the flash drive is downloaded and consolidated. Okay, and there's a supporting article for that. Now, it goes on to say the IT auditors who presented in Georgia reported that the results in elections are gathered outside in memory cards and then transported to drop-off points and eventually gathered at a facility where they are consolidated and then forwarded to the Dominion servers and then to CIDL and the state or the media. They also noted that at the consol consolidation point, there were gaps in the process that would allow for a bad actor to adjust vote totals. So let's take a look at this diagram. Uh, voter data aggregation and dissemination process, Fulton County. So uh, you have your precinct over here. I'm gonna go ahead and blow this up the whole way. And uh, it's a little blurry. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, so you have your precinct, poll pad, ballot marking device, uh, bulk scanner. People vote. It goes into this SD memory card, right? And then this SD memory card is transported by this little coche, that's Spanish for car, uh, over to the annex drop-off point. And let's hope that there is some chain of custody documentation while all this is happening, right, y'all? And then after it goes to this drop-off annexation point, it goes into another. Carro, that's another way of saying car in Spanish. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it's uploaded to the uh, uploaded to the local machine. Okay. And uh, from the local machine, it uh, goes two places. It goes to it creates an image cast, or goes to the image cast central. And the absentee ballots. Oh, no, no, no. I take that back, guys. I'm reading. Oh, you can't see what I'm doing anyways. Look, let me let me move this up here. This is where I'm at. Okay. Sorry. So this right down here is another resource that eventually goes to the local machine for consolidated count. So from the voter to the SD card to the annex drop-off point to the data load point, from the absentee ballot to the image cast central point to the upload data location point. Okay. Are we all on the same page now? I hope I didn't mess that up too much for you guys. And uh, from that point, the data upload local machine, uh, it then goes to RTR or RIR software options for poll workers. You can create a new batch. You can reject batches. You can validate batches. You can validate and publish. From there, it goes to Dominion servers. From there, it goes to CIDL. And then from CIDL, it goes to the Associated Press. It goes to the, it goes to the media. That is like really complicated. Anyways, this appears consistent with an understanding of the process in Michigan. IT and election expert and former Michigan State Senator Patrick Kolbeck reported on the roll-up process as follows. So the official story as to how election results are transmitted on election night to your favorite county or municipal website is that they are transferred via SneakerNet. What is SneakerNet? Well, as applied to elections, it involves the following communication pathways. Once polls close, election results at each precinct are stored on secure flash drives. 
Flash drives are removed from the precinct tabulators and placed in a sealed envelope along with other election artifacts, such as the official statement of votes for the precinct. Sealed envelopes from precincts are transferred physically, i.e. walking in sneakers, to other agents of government, such as the county clerk's office. The county clerk unseals the envelope and inserts the secure flash drive into the county election management server. The county election management server then uploads the election results to a government website, which allows the public to review the results via the internet. As long as the envelope seal remains intact between the precinct and the county, voters have every reason to believe that a roll-up of the precinct results will be accurately reflected in the county election results. However, and you guys know there's always a however, during the recent primary election in 2022 in Wayne County, Michigan, that's uh, Detroit, Colbeck <clears throat> reported that the following occurred. Originally, Cole wanted to observe the tabulation of results, but was prevented from doing so, despite the law providing him the ability to do so. So uh, Mr. Colbeck went on to say this, respectfully requested, or Mr. Colbeck respectfully requested the ability to oversee the tabulation of results received from the 43 municipalities in Wayne County, despite, but despite citing our statutory authority to do so under MCL 168.733 and MCL 168.807, Lisa Williams denied us access and directed staff to provide us with seating outside of the clerk's office. Colbeck sat outside the county's office and kept records of the results being dropped off at the uh, facility. Colbert um, observed the, uh, oh, it's Colbeck, right? Why did they put Colbert? Anyways, Colbeck, Colbeck observed the first results being reported by the media, but something strange occurred. None of the envelopes dropped off at the center had been opened after arriving at the facility. Yet, results were being reported. Please note that zero of the communities posting election results during the first website update at 10.39 p.m. had delivered any of their results flash drives to the Wayne County Clerk's Office prior to 10.39 p.m. Either the flash drives were delivered by Carrier Pigeon or the election results for all of the count communities included in the 10.39 p.m. updated or uploaded via the internet. Yeah. We asked the question here, but what is going on? What is going on here? No, I mean, yeah. What the heck is going on here? What the heck is going on here? It only takes one set of eyes, guys. It only takes one set of eyes one set of ears and one mouth, okay, to set this world on fire. So, uh, okay, maybe a little bit of diligence, maybe a little bit of integrity, and maybe a little bit of elbow grease. But we should all be there anyways, right? That's interesting, guys. So I wonder how that's going to develop. I mean, where do you take this information? I mean, obviously put it in an affidavit, uh, seek out a trial that maybe is already being uh, 
going into the courts, file one your own. Uh, either way, an investigation is merited. I mean, how does how does an entire county post all their results when the envelopes that have the results in them have not been opened? <laughs> That's insane, y'all. All right, guys, it's time for our last story of the evening. I hope you guys are doing well out there. And uh, thanks again for hanging out on a Thursday night here at the Sea Report. You're much appreciated, ladies and gentlemen, much appreciated. All right, so let's talk about the Election Rigging Information Center, otherwise known as the Electronic Registration Information Center. Uh, what's the headline for this one? It is, uh, oh. It appears that we have another state that is dropping Eric. That's right. Eric's getting dumped. This time by Alabama. Go Alabama. Good job. Now, um, there are 31. Well, there were 31 states that use the Eric system uh, to assist in the um, disenfranchisement of voters everywhere. 31 states, including Texas. Um, I believe Arizona also, right? But uh, ladies and gentlemen, good job, Alabama. Now, the other state that had dropped Eric previously was Louisiana. Okay. Now, um, I, you know, I, I really want to dig into that story again. And I really want to look into uh, the type of office that uh, Secretary of State Arduin of Louisiana does. Uh, because they, you know, you know how it goes, guys, right? Like, you know, from state to state, you know, there are varying differences between election law, right? You know, I mean, not every state has an identical set of election laws, right? I mean, obviously, I mean, that's why we're not a democracy, right? <laughs> that's why uh, we have a constitutional representation and it goes down all the way, right? To the state, county, all that good stuff. Um, <clears throat> but um. With Arduin, um, it appears that in Louisiana, like their their uh, their statutes and laws for elections are slightly different from the things that I'm used to. So I really need to dig into Louisiana's election law to see uh, to see if, if Arduin was really on par uh, with what the constituents want. I saw this video of him that really changed my opinion of him, and I don't know if the man was under stress or if he just loves his country that much. But he was in tears over the fight that was going on between the Democrats and the Republicans in his state about election laws and, and everything. Cause everyone, I mean, obviously he was getting flack from the right because they thought he was corrupt for what happened in 2020. And he was getting flack from the left because they thought that he was going to uh, be corrupt and do what the right wanted. You see? So this man was really caught in the middle. Um, I had read an article that he got rid of the Eric system in Louisiana because his America first opponent was using that against his campaign. Okay. So that's kind of the angle I've been going at. Um, but I, I really do think, uh, I mean, I, I mean, to do my own due diligence, at least for my own conscious and part, you know, like I, I think I need to look into some of Louisiana state law and see exactly what kind of a job Arduin was doing. I was trying to cram that in before we got on the air, but, uh, <laughs> You know, pressing matters were at hand. Let's talk about Eric. Let's talk about Alabama. And let's uh, refresh everyone's memories about what Eric does. Okay. Alabama withdraws from Democrat Operative Controlled Voter Registration Database. Uh, this comes to us from The Federalist, ladies and gentlemen. And let's take a gander. 
Alabama's Secretary of State-elect Wes Allen has announced that he will withdraw the state from the Electronic Registration Information Center, a voter roll management system with politically compromised ties, not to mention it's a national voter roll management management system. And let me tell you what, the federal government does not need to know how I, unless I voted for them, okay? <laughs> it's the only thing that they need to know. Uh, so um, <clears throat> now this is cool because this is a secretary of state elect, guys. Was this guy an America first guy? I need to write this guy's name down. He might've been a part of the coalition, but you know, they added so many members to that coalition. Like later on in the game, I could not keep up with it. So this is uh, Alabama, SOS, Wes Allen. Okay, let's see what other information this article will divulge for us. Now, uh, Wes Allen says, I made a promise that I would withdraw Alabama from Eric and I am keeping that promise. Uh, I have informed them via certified letter that upon my inauguration on January 16th, 2023, Alabama will immediately and permanently cease to transmit any information regarding any citizen in the state of Alabama to their organization and that we will no longer participate in any aspect of the ERIC program. Well, Mr. Allen, for the love of God, check your brakes, okay? And wear a seatbelt. We've already had about five or six politicians die in a car accident this year alone, okay? Some of them right before elections and one of them on election day, okay? And one of them after election day, one of them after they won the office, okay? Now it says here, as previously reported, Eric is a voter role management organization used by 33 states, okay? Stand corrected, which ostensibly, well, now it's 31, isn't it? which ostensibly exists to identify duplicate or deceased registrants by cross-referencing state voters and DMV records, and thereby clean state voter rolls. Alabama joined ERIC in 2015 and currently pays about $25,000 a year for its membership. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Even though our state election law and our federal election law says that uh, all of this information is the information of the people, and it should not be in a national database, we're still doing it and we're paying them to do it. We're paying them to be a member. That's more taxpayer money coming out of our pockets. I mean, if anything, that alone, when, when Eric is already unconstitutional, should be an issue for us, right? Never mind the fact that they don't actually clean up their voter rolls. Never mind the fact that when the state goes after them and says, Eric, we want the data, they say, well, you got to pay for it even though that's the voters data, even though that's the state's data. And even though they're paying Eric for it, you still have to pay Eric to get the data from them. And we're talking thousands, tens of thousands of dollars, right? Per transaction. So uh, what do we need Eric for? You know, however, member states may not realize Eric was started by far left political activists, David Becker, who has dedicated his life to attacking conservatives and advancing left-wing policies. Becker also started the Center for Election Innovation and Research, who worked side by side with the Center for Tech and Civic Life. Yeah, guys. One of two leftist groups that funneled $419 million in grants from Mark Zuckerberg to mostly blue counties of swing states, funding Democrat get-out-the-vote operations from government elected election offices in 2020. Eric shares voter 
<laughs> including records of unregistered citizens with a CEIR, which is then reportedly, which then reportedly creates targeted Sorry, guys, I didn't realize my uh, I didn't realize my internet was going out. I'm getting all kinds of new wrinkles in my brain tonight, guys. Okay, because I was under the belief that Eric is the one who did all of that. Now, what do you mean by all of that, Mr. C? I was under the belief that Eric is the one who targeted the mailing. Oh, who targeted the oh, I see, I see. Okay. Targeted the unregistered voters. Okay, that's why they request the DMV database as well. I mean, they really just need Social Security, the death one, right? They don't need the DMV, but they're looking for eligible non-registered voters. Now, I was under the assumption that Eric took care of all of that. They found the unregistered um, uh, unregistered voters who are eligible to vote, and they sent out reminders or, you know, they sent out cards that said, hey, register to vote, and they found the voters, right? So in addition to cleaning the voter rolls, they're also, uh, they're also um, um, like uh, adding additional voters. They're, they're getting more people engaged in the process. Nothing wrong with that, right? I did not know that CEIR, the Center for Election Innovation and Research, were the ones that were targeting the mailing lists of unregistered but likely Democrat voters. Wow. Do you think that they're going to ask a staunch conservative to vote? But then again, if they don't have a voter record, <laughs> I don't know how they could know that. Good point, Mr. C. Additionally, per government watchdog Verity Vote, Eric does not actually clean states' voter rolls. And we know this because we've uh, actually, how many lawsuits have we read here? Uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Georgia, uh, let me think, what you think of another one, Colorado, right? Where um, agencies like uh, the Public Interest Legal Foundation have sued them because they don't have clean voter rolls, and yet they have Eric and... Uh, well, the SOS isn't doing their job. So, I mean, maybe Eric should, because if not, you're going to get a lawsuit. You should anyways. So um, Eric doesn't actually clean states' voter rolls, but rather inflates them. Ha -ha. Though member states are allegedly required to clean their voter rolls, nothing happens. A March 2022 audit by Michigan's Auditor General found that the state's Bureau of Elections failed to sufficiently clean its voter rolls, though Michigan had joined Eric in 2019. Likewise, the District of Columbia, another Eric member, has also been sued for its failures to clean its rolls. While Alabama's outgoing Secretary of State John Merrill has repeatedly signaled his support for Eric, Allen campaigned on removing the state from the system. Instead of relying on Eric to clean Alabama's voter rolls, Allen plans on using change of address information from the United States Postal Service, driver's license records from the Alabama Law Enforcement Agency, and death records from the Alabama Department of Public Health to maintain accurate rolls. Alabama is the second Eric member state to withdraw from the pact. Louisiana suspended its participation in January over similar concerns. Okay. These concerns are not unfounded, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to give you more juice here. The Eric database is comprehensive and would be one of the most coveted by bad actors looking to influence an election. Member states must not only submit all details on inactive and active voters to Eric every 60 days, but they must also provide every individual in their state's motor vehicle department database, both licensed and ID recipients, 
This combo of data is breathtaking. It's everyone who could generate a legal ballot. It includes those approaching voting age, even those here illegally yet issued an ID by their left-leaning state. This data includes names, addresses, date of birth, license number, last four of social number, voter activity, phone, email, title, and type of citizenship documentation, and much more. Eric does not just manage lists. They demand action. But it's not the action that you would expect, like cleaning out the voter rolls. Eric provides each member state a targeted list of people that are not registered to vote. The membership bylaws require the state to contact at least 95% of these people within 90 days, soliciting them to register. You know what I see here, guys? I see that I see that some rogue actors, some traitors to this nation have totally poached and hijacked a taxpayer-funded process, and they're using our money and our efforts against us. This is what they do. Oh my goodness. Think about national public radio and the and public broadcasting. They're using our own services against us. It's disgusting, guys. It's godless. It's immoral. Oh, okay. Sorry, guys. I just start feeling a certain way with all this information. So uh Eric also, I mean, he's making the state workers work for them. I say he, they're making the state workers work for them to inflate the roles and to uh, disenfranchise voters on our dime while we're still paying them even more. Eric also wants specific registration profiles updated and requires the state to contact these voters within 90 days also. It's essentially a left-wing voter registration drive, all paid for by the states, not the Democrat Party. The membership fee is $25,000, but costs can run into the millions to fund the activities and membership dues. Um, now, if you would like to do some real deep dives, uh, this is, again, from the Gateway Pundit, this article. They did a four-part series on it. Part one, who's cleaning out our voter rolls? Eric, now in 31 states. Okay. So this was from last year. That means we've had two more states add on since then. Or I don't know, maybe the Federalists didn't get their numbers right. Uh, largest U.S. counties removed zero to two ineligible voters. That's the kind of work that Eric does, guys. Okay. That's the kind of work Eric does. Okay. That was in California. Okay. In California, one of the largest counties in America per population, they removed two. They removed two ineligible voters. How many people do you think live in LA? How many people do you think leave or die in Los Angeles County, guys? <laughs> I mean, with the mass exodus happening from California, you would think that those voter rolls are looking pretty slim, right? That is documented example. The founding of the nation's largest voter roll cleanup operation. Uh, that one, I think, goes into its history, like I was talking about with that, uh, that Becker guy. And then a response to the panicked media attacks. And I don't think I read that one. Anyhow. Eric was funded by an anonymous, air quotes, donor and the Pew Center on the States. This grant was provided by the George Soros Open Society. David Becker, an experienced Democrat election lawyer, left the Justice Department to create the Eric architecture. Originally a blue state project, Eric had 11 member states by 2014 and by 2022, I mean, I'm sorry, by 2017, it had 22 states as members. Eric has not published an annual report since 2017. 
almost five years. Well, five years now. Becker, who still has a seat on the ERIC board, went on to create the Center for Election Innovation and Research. Ah, oh, now we see the tie-in. He did that in 2016. He distributed $69.5 million in grants from Zuckerberg for the 2020 election using similar methods as the CTCL, the Center for Tech and Civic Life. As reported earlier in August, Louisiana Secretary of State Kyle Arduin terminated Louisiana's relationship with the Electronic Registration Information Center created by his predecessor. Eric is a voluntary nationwide voter registration. If it's voluntary, why do we pay? Voter registration system funded in part by leftist globalist George Soros Open Society. Of the 31 member states, Louisiana is the first and only one yet to terminate its relationship with Eric due to serious security concerns regarding Eric's management of voter registration information. Craziness, guys. So there's a little bit more on Eric. For those of you who had never heard or never knew, and for those of you who just needed the refresher, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to bring today's episode to a close. I hope you all uh, found it at least slightly informational, if not even slightly or entertaining. Uh, but thank you again for being here all throughout. Uh, if you're joining us on Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, uh, thanks for being here. And welcome to all the new subscribers and followers. We had another boost uh, the other night. Uh, you know, we have a four or five. For me, that's a boost, right? It's like four or five people in one night. Whoa, what's going on here? When did I become Mr. Popular? <laughs> We're talking like one a month, no, one a year for like 10 years. So uh, that's a lot, guys. But but welcome, guys. Thanks for giving the channel a chance. You know, I'm here about six days a week. I run at least three different separate broadcasts, uh, like the one you're watching now, of course, is the C-Report. That's the America First and Election Integrity News Show, Monday through Friday, 7.30 p.m. Central Time, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'm here at 3 p.m. Central Time. And it's central because it's Lone Star State News. And that is our Texas-centric news and headlines show. Because we got to clean up our backyard, guys. And that's at least the least I could do uh, is, is talk about specific to Texas news. And uh, on the weekends, uh, See in the Dark is a late night talk show kind of a broadcast. <laughs> and uh, ladies and gentlemen, well, if you like rabbit holes, only at midnight and for an hour is it the appropriate time to go down them. <laughs> of course, I'm just kidding, y'all. Stay out of the rabbit holes. All right, guys, we're done here. We're done here. Thanks again for being in the audience. Or if you're catching that replay, thanks for sticking it out. Make sure you visit thecreport.com for more information on the C Report. And, you know, other various items included on the website. Join the mailing list, etc. cetera. Uh, support uh, the C-Report um, and all of the shows I do here at Mr. CTV uh, by making a friendly donation. We do Cash App. We do PayPal. Uh, if you're over there at um, uh, pill.net or the foxhole.app, gold pills are always welcome. And um, also, uh, you can check out this pod, this live stream in podcast form. And I do like to make that available to uh, to audience members because if you're anything like me, you would rather listen than watch. Because <laughs> I'm always doing something with my eyes and hands. So I just you know, say you're going for a jog, or say you're doing some yard work. Say you're driving. You can't be watching live streams while you're driving. So get the C-Report on podcast. All you have to do is go over to anchor.fm slash the C-Report. 
We are current on there. And uh, if you're a Spotify user, um, you also can catch the live stream. They do, we do air the videos over at Spotify. And for those of you who are wondering how I'm still on Spotify, uh, I recently just found out how they do me, ladies and gentlemen, uh, because as you know, I mean, I, I upload, well, as you know, if you're a podcast listener, okay, if you're a podcast listener, um, I, everything you hear here goes right over onto that podcast. And we're talking elections, we're talking COVID-19, we're talking all of the trigger words that algorithms just love to uh, suppress, right, and censor. I found out they actually just removed the episodes that they don't like. Like, uh, we're missing about three of them from election week. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure because the headline involves something like election fraud or voter suppression happening now. But yeah, that's how they do it. They cherry pick. So they didn't censor me, but they cherry pick my episodes. And I don't know if they penalize me. I mean, they've removed several. And um, I'm still floating there on Spotify. So, you know, uh, but you don't have to listen to Spotify. We're available on all the major um, podcast uh, apps and websites and platforms. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, I think I've said enough. All righty, y'all. We'll be back tomorrow, Friday, for an episode of Lone Star State News and another episode of The Sea Report. I hope to see you guys then. Uh, but if not, you guys have a great night, a great weekend. And uh, as always, ladies and gentlemen, be safe, be blessed, and God bless America. We'll see you next time. Take care. Can you imagine? Let's talk. Can you imagine having an AG that uh, her specialty is uh, getting human traffickers off on lighter sentences? How about we focus on Paul Pelosi's stock portfolio instead of who he's playing whack the wee wee with in their tidy whities? Okay, post office man found uh, going across the border to Canada with uh, a cart full of Trump supporting. Uh, ballots. Uh, California ballots for Trump supporters go missing for the military. Next stop, beep beep, communism. Kind of like Kintanji Brown Jackson over there at the Supreme Court doing her bit with the uh, the pedophiles and the uh, child pornographers. Uh, oh no, 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 rest assured you did not step in to a Mandela effect. It's time for season two of the January 6th Unselect Committee. Whoop-de-doo, right? <laughs> My mind is not what it used to be, ladies and gentlemen. Wait until, do you want to be part of that tsunami? Okay, because if you vote early, you're not part of the tsunami. I'm just saying, encountering illegal aliens in the wild, does that sound too racist for anyone? Thank goodness for the internet where we're not printing a paper. Ah, just kidding. You know, I'm not that kind of uh, tree hugger. It was a total shim sham flim flam. It was almost as if Katie Hobbs was running the nation's elections and just making a terror out of it. Check out the Political Truth Apparel line. Covefe. Rhino hunting season. 
Secretary of Snakes, and more to come. Fun, fashionable, edgy, cational. Go to Mr. C Online Store at www.thecreport.com. Click on the top right menu. Use coupon code 1776REBORN at checkout.